are we are we discussing this in episode is that yeah so, so i've just yeah. sent uh first of all this is the gentleman's pantry uh my name is scott hello uh, and this is Dallin. hello and i've just sent down a video titled jimmy and stewart hyphen where are the grooves in parentheses perfect in parentheses 1985 uh which is a video about just just a room of just attractive people <laughs> doing aerobics. Yes. And that's that's the whole video. That's, that's the whole thing. You know, they're all uh, in varied but all interesting outfits, you know, from it's the 80s. From yeah, from full, you know, uh, suits from, you know, with sweats and leg warmers to yeah. The interesting thing is that John Travolta's shorts keep getting shorter and shorter. They keep getting like, shorter. He keeps rolling them like, up, rolling them up. Like, and I think it's. I think yeah. part of it is like that optical illusion. It's like when the shorts bunch up, it makes the the bulge bigger. Makes his bulge bigger. Yeah. He's trying. He's he's peacocking. He is. Uh, for Jamie Lee Curtis, who's up there, and she's let me. She's eating it. Let up. me tell you, Jamie Lee Curtis, not someone typically. That I look at and be like, yeah, I'm into that. But that woman can, like, flip a switch. <laughs> oh, I'm into her. She's I'm like, into her. you know, normally, huh, you know, she's she's fine. But then, like, well, I mean, we've all seen it in, like, True Lies, obviously. And this is just... Trading places. Senior, senior tips. This is just another one. It's, you know, so. she's just up there. Is she, like, leading the class? I don't know. She's, you know, she's up there. She's doing her thing. I, but then, I, she just, you know. she makes the eye contact with Johnny... And it's like, ooh. And then he's, it's like he's leading the class. It's like he's, she's, she's following. It's him all and, give and take, and isn't it? And there's just oh, so much thrusting and so much gyrating. Oh. <laughs> if you're watching that video, 125, and that is where you want to be at. For that's where the gush just, occurs. <laughs> they just, they just do this thing, and I just, the hips are just. Going. They match up. Absolutely and going. I'll obviously link it in the description if you really want, but Scott's <laughs> also giving you the title, so you know you can do the work yourself. It's hot. It's hot in here. So it's from the movie Perfect, which I will I will read the description of the movie. <laughs> oh, good, good. That's what this whole podcast reading. is going to be: just reading <laughs> descriptions. <laughs> when an investigative reporter travels to Los Angeles to write an acrid piece about the fitness craze that took hold of the metropolis during the 80s, he meets an attractive fitness instructor, and the two fall in love. Suddenly, the reporter wonders if he's still to write the article and be in love at the same time. Mm. So, so there we go. Uh, it made 12 million. Budget? 20 million. Oh, so, well. <laughs> whoops. So, <laughs> failure. Failure. But John Travolta in this looking like Henry Cavill or something. He's looking pretty good. Like, curly hair. He's like, oh, they're all looking fit. They're all looking toned. They're all looking like they're going to have an orgy after. I, they are. It's I, all great. I was thinking about Henry Cavill post his PC build video, right? Which, <laughs> at yeah. least as hot as this 80s perfect video. Getting a sweat on. And yeah. just that man, we you know we've talked about get that man in as Wolverine, do like get him now, in. get him in now is too late, um, and you yesterday know, get him in get yesterday. it in yes you know he's Superman whatever take it or leave it, uh, <laughs> but he's in he's in yeah, The Witcher nah. and uh, 
just the other day, I, I, I somehow forgot and then remembered how good The Man from Uncle is. That is such a good movie, and he is incredible in that film. That might be uh, one of my Goosebumps walkaways in the next couple episodes because they've added it to Netflix. Oh, so have you seen it before? I've added it to the list. No. Oh, you're, it's. <laughs> It's so good. It's it's one of those movies. You know, like people always argue. You know, like or they like say like, oh, yeah. films these days are like all style and no substance, right? That movie mm. is literally like its style is its substance. It is just like dripping, <laughs> just mm. just moist dripping. with style. <laughs> moist with style, my favorite type. That's why I. That's why I like the, that video so much. Yeah, because there's a lot. Yeah, yeah. Moist was styling that as well, yeah. so maybe we'll talk about that in a couple. I of would, weeks I would love so. to. That would be great. Okay, perfect. But how are we going to start this podcast <laughs> by switching uh, gears dramatically? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's time to talk about <laughs> the Gindy Go Go Week. <laughs> Let's talk or about the, the Gindy Game Guff Go Week. I can't even say it. Which is of Gindy course game the Gov indie Gov game GovGovGeek. Week. Gov the indie game Gov of the week, which is actually two games, so uh, plural. I've played both of them. You've played neither of them. Great, I would imagine. So it's going to be a great conversation. So get your journalistic <laughs> skills ready to ask me some questions on these. All right. Um, so the first one, excuse me, <clears throat> was Bastion. Oh, uh, I of course I've played Bastion. Okay, you've played Bastion then. Very good, very good. All right, what do you think of Bastion? I bloody love Bastion. I bloody love it. It's, uh, in terms of, you know, it's overall combat and, and gameplay, it's fine. But, man, yeah. that soundtrack is one of the best, period. Do you have a record for it? I do, of course, I do. <laughs> of course. Um, yeah. Actually, just as a side note, I think it was IM8 Bit. They put out a 12 record set of all the Super Giant <laughs> games, and it was oh. like 350 bucks. But Transistor, Bastion, uh, is it Hades? Um, so many of them. Pyre. Um, yeah. Darren Korb, I believe, is the composer. If I'm mm-hmm. not... <sighs> okay. And you know, he records all these just in his like apartment, just. Track by track, mm. bit by bit, and just the whole like yeah. southern, like dirty blues feel is so mm-hmm. cool, and it works with like this broken world that's falling apart so so well. I love it, absolutely love it. Yeah, yeah, it's good steampunk. Yeah, good steampunk vibes from this one. Yeah, I like. I I think you're right. I think the combat and stuff, it's okay, but like the tone and like the art style of it mm-hmm. are really really cool. Um, I like how the story is told through just like the one narrator, um, and is it is it Drebin from Metal Gear Solid Four? Is the voice? I don't know. Should we look that up? Here, you keep yeah. talking, and I'll look up. that up. Okay, okay, yeah. I just, I, it, I think the gameplay, like moment to moment, is fine. But I think that there is a lot more depth to it that I'm really not super into, which is like going and like picking different loadouts, and there's like yeah. different abilities. And a lot of it seems like you can like make it more difficult for yourself in various ways, like making the enemies more difficult to kill, or making it so that you have less revives, uh, or that you do less damage, and stuff like that. And 
I'm not super into like playing around with that kind of stuff. I kind of just want to like play through the level and experience it just in in one go. Right. But there's a lot of variety there if you're into that sort of thing. And it was like, I think I only paid like two pounds something for it as well. So I think that's, the bad is I definitely mean, it's worth like, it. like what seven, eight years old or so now. I think it might be like 2010. This yeah. I can't remember. It. I mean, it's ten it, years. Yeah. It. I think it was the first of you know these uh, the super giant games where they really started to you know take notice because I think it was Bastion and then it was Transistor. Yeah. yeah. After that. Yeah. Yeah, and then their third one is Pyre. Yeah. Which right. came out in like, 2017, and then they brought out Hades. Last I did. Year I have so I haven't yeah. played Pyre or Hades, um, but I played Transistor as well. Neither have I. So have I. Yeah, it's good too. Um, yeah, I. So and I like just the vibe that they have of their games. Like it's isometric, mm-hmm. but it doesn't play like a typical isometric game. Like it's real time, um, and everything is sort of like rhombuses, right? It's all yeah. this like really formal, organized stuff, which jars with the art style, which is quite messy and sort of like it feels like lived in. Yeah, you know. Um, and yeah, I like that. I think it's I think it's decent. Yeah, it's a decent little game. Did you find out about Drebin? So it is not Drebin. I'm looking up to see. It's not Drebin. He's so this the guy who does the narrator. He's uh, hmm. a super giant regular. He's in Bastion. He's in Transistor. He's in Pyre, and he's in he? Hades. Oh, um, he's their boy. They got him. He's the man. He's, he's he is yeah. Hades okay. in Hades. So he gets top oh, billing there. In Hades. He gets top billing. And him in, he's in Transistor. Would you like to know who he plays in Transistor? Is he the sword? He's the Transistor. <laughs> so, is the Transistor the sword? So, yeah, I believe so. So there you go. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. Good for him. Good for him getting up there. So where are we ranking this? Uh, that's the, the best one. <laughs> that's easily the best You're one we've talked about so far. Okay, cool. So no, that's about Bastion, Greece, and <laughs> Woodle. Woodle, Woodle Tree, Woodle Tree Adventure. Woodle Tree Boy. Or whatever. So the second game that I'm going to talk about. Yes. You've not played this one. I know this one. Transistor. This is called... <laughs> it's Transistor. <laughs> We're talking about Pyre. Uh, no. I played uh, this game called Little Orpheus. And I don't even think I've told you about this game. I've heard of this. Let me look it up. Keep going. So this, So, so this is by the Chinese Room, who made... Yeah. Everybody's gone to the Rapture, Dear Esther. They made those kind of first person yes. quote unquote walking simulator games. And I interviewed the director, Don Pinchback. And I edited ago, that if you remember. So there you go. You edited that that was five years ago. A long um, time ago. And I I like that game. I really did like it. So this is a big switch away from that. Like this is a platformer, like 2.5 D side scroller and it's on mobile as well, so mm. I played it on my phone. Apple Arcade. Um, Apple Arcade, yes. And I got a free trial on there, so that's why I played this. Uh, and it just came out came out like a month or two ago. And it's a sort of like Cold War espionage story where you play as this like little man who was supposed to drill to the center of the world to put this like device in, basically, so that the communists could like take over the globe. But he misplaced it quote unquote and he has to kind of tell a far-fetched story to like the general who's going to court-martial him Uh, I like that (laughs) so like he's like telling the story about like 
about about like oh these all these dinosaurs below the earth and like <laughs> this like treasure and it's kind of like sort of a bit journey to the center of the center of the earthy sort of high concept stuff so but does like, it general, does it take place con- with like him telling the story and then like cutting yeah. back to what he's describing yeah so it's ah, like, i love that that's yeah, really it's cool. like a, a, f- a framing device so they're like in the interrogation room and then he like the platforming sections are like what he's telling uh, the general about and it's 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 like really fun yeah that's it's really, really nice cool. little quite light-hearted game and then as it kind of like crescendos towards the end the general starts really like losing his patience and it becomes more serious then it's like oh no like he knows that he's lying he's just misplaced this thing and he has no explanation for it at all um so like there's a good mix of like like hearted and more serious tones in it i i find it sometimes it was like kind of repetitive like there's not like a lot to the mechanics it's sort of just like running and jumping and occasionally like pulling on something or like climbing up a rope and you kind of just do the same thing over and over again in like just different environments mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. the first one is like dinosaurs the second one's in a temple the third one's like underwater and it's like kind of like does the sort of general video game tropey levels you know right there's a space right. level a desert level all that sort of stuff but it's like i think it's like inventive and like novel enough that it's worth a little playthrough for a couple of hours you know it's quite funny from time to time and like uh yeah yeah i think it's quite a unique little idea so how do, how does fun. the movement work like is it an auto walker an auto runner and you like tap to jump sort of thing or do you actually control the mm. character's movement you can see so like i played it with just sort of like you drag you just drag in the direction that you want them to go okay um or you you do have the option to add a little joystick or if you want to do it like that and then it's sort of like tap to jump yeah uh or like press and hold to like grab onto something or like you know swipe to the side to jump off something you know okay. things like that um so it's not too complicated but yeah uh some sometimes the controls are like a little bit finicky but that's just obviously the territory with mobile stuff mm-hmm, for sure. um and same with like the image quality i feel like if i had a bigger phone it would probably look a lot better Sometimes things were like a bit jaggy okay. around the edges, uh, but if you had a bigger screen, I'm sure that would be less of a problem. Cool. But yeah, I think it was good. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, so if we were to rank it, I would probably put it above Bastion. Wow. Because I don't think okay. I don't think I like Bastion as much as you do. Okay. But I'm willing to compromise and put it below. All right. If you think that that should be that, uh, I I mean. I personally think Bastion is very, very good, but obviously I haven't played uh, Little Orbeus, so I can't say. Um, but I do like Bastion mm. very, very much. Okay. Well, you know what? We'll stick it below, because I feel like Little Orpheus, I can kind of look at it a bit objectively and be like, it's not as objectively like well-made sure. as Bastion sure. is. Yeah. So I think we could stick it below. Stick it below there. I played Bastion so, on the PS TV. How's that? Wow. Wow. Good. I have one. I have two. Very nice. I have two. You've you've probably bought half of those. I probably That's have. That's half. Half of the ones that were sold are in your house. <laughs> All four of them. <laughs> All four of them. Anyway. Uh, uh, I play Bastion on the Switch. So. There you go. Good place. There we go. So, the list does as follows. Number four, Woodle Tree Adventure. Or whatever the fuck that game's called. 
number three, Greece. Number two, Little Orpheus. Number one, Bastion. So tune in how, next week. How long do we keep this list going? <laughs> Just like indefinitely? Let's say we get to fifty. <laughs> All right, <laughs> fifty. Fifty games, right? And then start a new one. I think that's... Then we start a new one. All right. Start it. Start it all again. That's fair. Or maybe we get to the end of the year. But we'll, we'll, we'll see, see how happens. we feel. Yeah. All right. Tune in next time for the Gindy Game Go Good Week. It does sound like that. <laughs> Welsh. <laughs> go go go. <laughs> go 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 week. Go 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 go. Does sound like that. Yeah. It does. It does. All right. Now that we've got that little piece of shit out of the way, <laughs> what? Uh, talk about the real game. Let's talk, talk about, about the real, real stuff. stuff here. What's this segment called? <laughs> this is uh, The Last of Us Part 2 and shit. From the Until Dawn uh, reference. Which, should shit. I put Should I put it in this week? <laughs> Stick it in there. Gross! With diseases and shit. I'll do it Stick this it week. Stick it in so the people... I'll do it Stick this it week so and I'll people. save it. I'll save it so I can do it uh, okay, from now on. Do that. Put that in there and then everyone will get the reference and it won't just be a weird thing that we like. Uh, so we're going to talk about The Last of Us with full spoilers. Full full, full thing. Full frontal spoilers. Full, I was literally <laughs> just going to say full frontal spoilers. <laughs> You're, the old Last of Us's penis is hanging out and we're going to show it to you. Um, so you finished the game. I did. You did. You did. Rare, rare of me to do these days. To finish the game. Rare, yes. Yes. Um, but, uh, don't don't often do it, but you had to make a special uh, make it a special occasion and do it just for this. Well, I didn't just do it for this. <laughs> did, <laughs> I did, did it because I genuinely segment. loved it. I actually so my <laughs> my mother came to visit um and I so I basically played two games. I played all of Ellie's stuff and then my mother came to visit yeah. for like a week. Um, I I played like twenty minutes of Abby, and then mm. she came, and so I didn't play. And I was just like itching to get back into it. I was like, "Go, leave, leave, so I can play this game." Get out of here. Tire up, tire up in the basement, and yeah. just leave her there. Leave her <laughs> until you can finish the game. Yeah. Uh, but no, uh, so I did. I did finish it. I finished it just in time for Ghost of Tsushima to come out. Um, mm-hmm. Perfect. And uh, I. A couple weeks ago, we talked about The Lighthouse and how we think about that movie (laughs) every single day. (laughs) Tell me. And I'm still at that point with this game. I think about it so often, and I think about the complexity of its morality and about the depth of and growth of its characters and about how interesting the game's approach to telling its story and showing its characters is. Yeah. I think it's an incredibly novel game that is the kind of thing that right now it's really hard to fully kind of like analyze and examine just because there is so much. I don't I don't want to call it controversy because it doesn't deserve to be controversial. It's basically mm, no. idiots <laughs> who, 
who are trying to find who are making a bigger deal out of the faults that like the game does have flaws yeah obviously everything every game has flaws but they that's the interesting thing is I feel like people aren't complaining about the right things Mm, no like one of the main flaws is that you're kind of just doing the same thing over and over again and it gets kind of tiresome and like like when you talked about like you get to the Abby part and you kind of dropped off and mm-hmm. when you get to her section you're kind of like first of all usually like before you've really thought about it you're like I hit her first of all mm-hmm. right so you're like I don't want to play her as her full stop and then they kind of just throw you in and don't really present you with anything super like enlightening or exciting really for a good while and so you're kind of, there's maybe two hours of like Okay, I'm just walking around exploring the same sorts of interior locations and opening drawers and crafting yeah. things. Yeah. And you're kind of like, okay, but like, why why are we just doing this why, over and over why, again? Yeah. And that's that's like the main for me. That is like the main flaw, and that's I, why I kind of like. I actually, know. I literally rolled my eyes at one point with um with the zebra rescue thing. <laughs> because I'm like, yeah. like it was so transparent what it was trying to do, you know, yeah. just with relating it to Joel and Ellie and the giraffes. But yeah. when you look at the game as a whole, yeah, I think that that scene is so interesting because what it shows mm. to me is that this the first game could have been about anybody yeah it could right have been. and that's what's so like obviously ellie is special because she has this immunity right mm-hmm. but aside from that the only the only reason we care about joel and ellie is because they yeah. were the focus of the first game there's yeah, nothing like I, special about them yeah, aside like said, from uh, ellie's immunity and the last one it was just like naughty dog just made those two the characters and that's yeah. That's the only reason that we care about them. Like you could, you could put Joel and Ellie in the zebra scene, and that would just be their giraffe moment, you know. Yeah. Or you could flip it and put uh, Abby and her dad, which I can't remember his name. Um, hmm, can't remember him. But you could put them in the giraffe moment, and that mm-hmm. would be the same emotional response, right? It would. And imagine uh, that. Imagine that you're playing as them through this whole game, and then that game ends. With some yeah. random guy coming in and killing Abby's dad. And that's yeah. how that game ends. Yeah. It's so, yeah. so interesting because these characters, there there are no true villains, except maybe the Rattlers at the end of the game are the really only, like, objectively... The Trump supporters. Yeah. Objectively, <laughs> you know, v- villainous people. Um, yeah, yeah, but even definitely. then, who knows, right? We could, there can absolutely be another side to that. But um, yeah. no, it's yeah. I just found it so interesting, and I don't want to sound like some like high art douchebag, um, but it, I I do think it was quite sometimes a, you have to be. I it's, I do think it was a very bold decision to make to spend half the game playing as someone that you're. That they actively make fuck, you yeah. hate. Yeah. But then show yeah. you that the reason that you feel that way 
is based on just a sliver of information. It's on coincidence, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's um, it's just on the fact that they decided to make you care about them, and it kind of like that kind of links into what we were just talking about together off the podcast. Is that to like kind of experience it? And there's a lot of criticism being thrown around about like most people just say like, oh, the story or the writing was bad, but like they don't actually say why, and it's usually just because Joel dies and they didn't like that choice. And right. I think that that goes hand in hand with what I was saying before that like you need to just have a level of like emotional maturity and like ability to think that like a lot of people don't necessarily have you know like I, like when you think about like really famous movies and like why people love them like mm-hmm. The Godfather or um, Goodfellas or something like that right those are two specific examples in a genre that's very similar but like when you think about like spoilers for those movies also you think about in that main characters pr- die quite a lot in those movies yeah right? like Sonny getting fucking blown away right and even like Don Corleone gets shot just and getting put in hospital. out in the, in the street fucking, just gets, he just gets gunned down in the street and then in the street and then like uh, Joe Pesci's character Tommy in Goodfellas he just gets fucking killed just like that yeah. and there's no you don't you you don't get a funeral you don't get anything at the end after he dies you know like people just die and they sometimes in like situations where like normal reality doesn't exist like if you're in the mafia or in the right. world of organized crime or if you're in an apocalypse right or perhaps if you're in a completely fucked up political climate with a pandemic happening things don't often make sense mm-hmm. and they're complicated mm-hmm. and they're not as easy as like black and white right and that's if you're emotionally immature that's the way you think you know I'm sure a lot of these people see Joel's death similarly to like the death of a father or you know some sort of parental issue that they've had when they were younger and like I think it's fine to think that but I also think that it's more important to step back and to like look at the bigger picture right. and kind of think deeply and emotionally about what's going on or like a little bit more rationally rather than gut reaction I hate Naughty Dog and I hate yeah. Neil Druckmann because he killed an, a, like a connection that I had with a man that I liked you know it, it, it really and, the, the, the shallow nature of that thinking blows my mind because like it's undeniably yeah. heartbreaking when Joel dies it sucks it is like, horrible it's awful but yeah. when you take a minute to even just think about it or play through the game and you think that Abby has killed a man who just killed dozens of dads and moms and siblings and friends. Like, it's hard to watch one, and it sucks. For one girl. But, yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, you have to, sometimes, like, like I said to you, like, with, with death, you don't really get a choice like and that's that's just the way it has to be it's blunt and you might get a phone call one day and somebody might just be gone and that's something that you're gonna have to live with you're gonna have to live with the difficulty of that now amplify that to a world where there is no law yeah right yeah and the loved one has as you said just killed a lot of people that have all their loved ones 
Like, that's not an easy issue to rectify with, like, good versus evil, you know? Like, and I just don't think that that, like, because gaming is such, sometimes such an immature form yeah. of, like, art or, like, escapism, it kind of just brings in a more shallow audience, right? Like, ones that aren't really thinking mm-hmm. too deeply about those types of things. Like, where something like Ghost of Tsushima would speak more to them. Not to say that that's a bad game, but, like... It's, the, the nuance isn't <sighs> You know, it's definitely not. Like, it's it's more of just... You can just escape and go around the nice countryside. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, you're going to be pretty sure that Jin is going to be the same... At, you know, maybe he'll change. Like, he'll become less focused on being a samurai at the end. But, like, he'll basically just be the same guy. Yeah, he'll right? be fine. Without a lot it's, of emotional yeah. <laughs> turmoil or anything. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, why don't we... I've kind of made a list sure. from beginning to end of things that I like. So, we can just kind of, like, not go through, like, in super detail. But, like, go through, like, a lot of the main beats of the game in order and stuff. And, like, talk about how we felt about them. Sure, sure. Um, so, got the prologue, right? We got... Start off with old Jolie Boy talking to Tommy about uh, what he did to Ellie or what he did for Ellie Mm -hmm. Uh, he's fixing up his guitar right Tommy's listening and then you have like a nice little ride uh, to start start the game off Uh, riding back to Jackson I really like the start of this this is your moment with Joel right this is it it is this is your one time with him this is your only moment and 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 it's perfect because it it doesn't waste any time because you like you know immediately what this game is going to address and that this game is going to be about the um like the unintended consequences of one man's actions and yeah but at the same time you know it really does it leans into that like western theme a bit more than the first one did um yeah and, and you do get that sense, you know, the you know the importance yeah. and the gravity that um, music has to our protagonists and the attachment yeah. that that forms. Um, and they bring the guitar in a lot more, don't they? Yeah. In this, um, which is all f- fucking cool. Yeah. As two guitar players, it's really really cool it's great. to have <laughs> such prevalence for like an instrument the whole way through and it's kind of like this bond between humans um, which as we've talked about many many times fits in with like the the like motif of nature and kind of nature reclaiming the earth yeah it's like music is this one form of communication that like bonds two people together um, well and it's I, I, even think after I, death. I mentioned this in a very abstract way last year sometime quite quite a while ago just went on a bit of a tangent in that it always whenever i think about music it always kind of i don't know not surprises me but it 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 always is interesting to me that music just exists and yeah. and all we do is channel it and so yeah. you know in this world when things are falling apart and there is no law and there is no government there's still this like untainted Mm. art form Mm -hmm. that people can still just do and still just make and it's everywhere it's it's in the opening scenes it's in gus 
uh, the banjo in his little <laughs> rocking chair. It's you know all throughout Ellie's story, and uh, yeah, like yeah, even so, like untouched that it's like in one of those flashbacks when Joel is gonna go get strings for Ellie's guitar. Mm-hmm. It's just like that's like the one thing in the music stores. Like, that nobody really has any use for is, like, guitar strings or drums, you know what I mean? Like, the only use that those things have is to, like, create music. It's for their intended purpose, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's not like, it's not like scissors or bandages or pieces of wood, you know, like, you can, you can make weapons and things with those, but music is, like, yeah, like you said, like, just untouched. Yeah. And that's really, really nice. Um, So we have that. Uh, I, I wrote that what's so good about Joel's choice from the first game is that it stops Ellie's choice from happening. Mm, yeah. Um, which is which is good, because that is just... It's conflict within both the characters separately, because Joel um, feels like he needs to be alone, but what he really needs is love, mm-hmm. and he finds that with Ellie, right? And then Ellie's is that she... Well, she needs to have a purpose... Or, she, I guess she yeah she needs to have a purpose, but what she wants is a father or something like that, right. and that's or like someone to love as well. And those two things contradict each other. And then like their needs, their both of their needs just completely like come at odds, which creates the conflict for this whole entire game. And it is really good to like see the growth of the characters. And like you said on the last one as well, like this is part two because it's not just like a sequel. It's like it's a continuation mm-hmm. of that narrative thread um, of this conflict between the two of them, which pervades all of their interactions. You know, like Joel's very resistant to love, but then gives in at the end, and then he just can't like let go that this was the decision that he was supposed to make. Um, but Ellie still needs to find a purpose in life. I um, I almost read Joel. As you know, when you watch what happens with Sarah in the first game, yeah. I th- almost think that he is not so much resistant, but afraid. Mm, He's yeah. so scared of He's afraid to get attached to someone. Exactly, you know, and it, of course yeah. he is. You know, how many friends has he seen die in the last twenty-five years? You know. So of course he's gonna feel like that even way. Tess, yeah. Just tells Ellie not to talk about it, and that's yeah, that's it. That's just it. Never really mentions her again. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so for him so yeah. to be so, I I feel afraid of that, but he also needs it more than anything. He needs that part of him to be fulfilled. Yeah, and yeah, he does. Yeah, I you know anyway, and he kind of just. He needs his choice to be right. Yeah. You know, it's like he's never been so sure about something, and then it's contradictory to the the person that he made that choice for. Yeah. Um, but we'll get to but that. It's amazing. We will get to that. Oh, we will. We will. So, right, we're we're riding. We're back to Jackson. Uh, we're going to visit Ellie. We have the little conversation where he gives her the guitar, which is just fucking great. Yeah. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. Actually perfect. I talked about it before, just their like the animation of their eyes and like their facial expressions. Like there's just no need to there's no need to spell out like the feelings between them. Like she's 
worried and resentful, and he's worried and <laughs> anxious that that he's made the wrong decision. Right, because she um, she knows af- he's afraid of losing her. Not been honest. He's talking. He's he's bullshitting. Yeah, he's bullshitting. She she bullshitting knows. She doesn't obviously know the details, left. but she yeah. clearly does not trust that he has been open and truthful with her. True. True. So, we have that. Then, flash forward, right? Five years or four years. Uh, Ellie's nineteen. She wakes up. She's hungover as fuck. We've all been there. Uh, Jesse comes. They go through the town, and then you find out about uh, Seth being a bigot, massive dickhead, dickhead, piece of shit. We all we hit him. We hit. We him. all right. we all know a Seth, don't we? We all know a Seth. Of course we do. We do. You know, not, acts like a nice guy, but like you know, he hits them queers. Massive right? tool. Hits them. Yeah. He's one of them. One of them. Like, oh, don't, oh, don't, I never, don't <laughs> shove it down my fucking throat. Seth is literally <laughs> the people who hate this game. He's, he's literally, he's he literally, is, I, is, I don't, I don't mind the gays. Why, just why they, why they gotta be in everything. It's a, it's a family event. Why they gotta be in here. This is a family event. Yeah, fuck off. I, oh. Fuck off, Seth. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> Gives her some steak sandwiches. Uh, Jesse takes them. He's like, oh. First of all, love Jesse because Jesse comes to the door, acts all mad that Je- that she kissed Dina, and then he's like, "I don't care." I whatever. <laughs> just did, just did it for her reaction. I feel like that's absolutely the kind so, of guy he is. Like he's gonna like work someone up just to be like, "Ah, whatever, bro." I'm just just yeah, whatever. I'm just so I'm just yanking your chain, man. <laughs> yeah. So they're off on patrol. Uh, we get a little snow fo- snowball fight uh, with the kids, and you just fucking you just annihilate. Just them. rinse. It's close. <laughs> Just absolutely <laughs> fucking destroy these children. It's um, good. Which is perfect. Uh, so you do that. Uh, you're on patrol. A little bit of flirty, flirty, fun stuff with Dina, right? I love uh, it. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. It's good. I like the little bit where, obviously, like, later on, you find out that this hasn't been planned. But Ellie says to Dina that she's going to go over to Joel's and watch a movie with him. Uh which is a nice little moment because you because you know that their last conversation is the one about yeah. her wanting to forgive him. Yeah. And she's then said, "Oh, I'm going to go hang out with him tonight." Mm-hmm. Even though she's just had this massive blow up and fight with him. That that's you know, one of the last few bits of like before he dies that oh, she is she is trying. She's you know, she's ready. And she yeah. wants she wants she wants them to develop the relationship again, which is good. Um, because I think without that context later on, you think, oh, she either doesn't know or they patched things up a long time ago, but it was literally just, just the night before. Then, yeah. Um, yeah, so that, that's a really good little moment. Um, I think during this, you get the sort of like cutaways to Abby and the the camp mm-hmm. that they have up at the, the lodge. Um, and you don't like them at this point, do you? You're kind of like, this is weird. Well, they, this they is- do feel very threatening even feels very walking dead yes it does even like being you know it becomes very clear very quickly what they're all about um yeah they're looking for joel you don't really know why you don't yeah you don't know why but they're 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 looking for um him and one thing i liked right was that 
usually in a game, if like one character was like, oh, I'm heading back, come on. And they'd be like, oh, they'd be grumbly about it, but they'd just go back and it would cut away to Ellie or whatever. Yeah. But she was like, no, fuck it. Yeah. I'm going. And she just leaves him and just goes and gets attacked by the runners and stuff that are in the snow, which is terrifying as well. But um, that's so, like, that's her. And we get to see that so many times later on in the game. She's like, I don't like, I don't care what someone else is telling me what to, I don't care about Owen, I don't okay. care about Matt, like she's strong, they're just people yeah yeah, yeah. Um, so, she's doing that uh, Dina and Ellie are on their patrol, they're, they're in they're in a shopping center, there's a fucking shit ton of blood everywhere after they the infected fuck up a moose, it's disgusting it's pretty gross um, yeah, so they're in there, they're at one point they come across a, a library where uh, their dead friend Eugene has been holding out and they find a shit ton of weed <laughs> down there and I was like Jesus Christ, people from California made this game uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, this is the most like I don't, I don't know if we've like, we've had them Maybe in the indie space, but AAA, in terms of AAA, I don't know if we've ever had a more left-wing game than this. I don't think you know? we have. I, we certainly have. No. no. It's it's literally, like, from, from like, LGBT rights to, like, emphasizing love over, like, cruelty and hatred, and then just, like, legalize weed. That's yeah. it. That's it, guys. Just decriminalize it. Um, so, there's all sorts of shit. He, he's, made a, he's made a gas mask out of a bong. <laughs> or a bong out of a gas mask. Just, <laughs> All sorts of shit. I feel like that's the equivalent um, of, like, <laughs> injecting heroin into your eyes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's... Yeah, like, injecting it into your dick or something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I've seen... I don't know if you know this. I, when I was 16, I watched uh, my girlfriend at the time, her friend, take a couple of shots of vodka through his eyes. So. Oh, well. There we go. That's, that's how there, you do it. There you go. That's how you get drunk and potentially go blind. Huh? Do you know what I did yesterday? Tell me. I, tell I me. have nice aftershave, right? Tell, tell me. <laughs> I have nice aftershave. And I was just... Sometimes I just spray it in the room just because I like the smell. Um, and I did it. But the thing was turned around towards my face. <laughs> <laughs> and I just... I sprayed it right into my eyes. <laughs> like, right in. <laughs> I had to, I had to keep my eyes closed and walk blind into the kitchen to wash my eyes out. And they were fucking, they were so irritated for hours after. It was atrocious. It was atrocious. Don't do that. It's bad. That's it's very very bad. So, Ellie and Dina start getting it on in a hot scene. I would say it's very good. Isn't the it? chemistry's, the chemistry's flowing it's, with these yeah. two, and they're they're talking about the, the. What would you rate the t- kiss out of ten? Yeah. And I like to think that this is a little callback to Uncharted Two, right? Which was called back in Uncharted Four of like how scared, like read how scared you were when you thought I was gonna die. And yeah, it's like yeah, yeah, four or whatever. Uh, I like to think that this is this is their little thing. Neil Neil loves it. Loves a little rating out of ten and like we all little. do though, don't we? Yeah, yeah. You're like oh, two out of ten. Yeah. What? So she's like a six, and then Dean is like, oh, this better be better than a six and then oh good it's good very very good it's good it's good um so i do like their relationship i think they're good they've got good chemistry Mm -hmm. together um so got that abby meets up with 
Joel and Tommy, when we cut away, and then they get to the thing. And then I think they stupidly, they tell them their names, and they get they get too comfortable yes. with these people. I, I feel like there could be a criticism in here. Yes, which people, would be valid, people have certainly voiced that that is out of character for Joel. <coughs> I don't think Joel and Tommy would trust people as quickly as they did. Um, you know, because they're like they're a bit like Rick from The Walking Dead as well, aren't they? They they like, are, but I good. can also see how four years living in Jackson without any major threats or problems soften you up. A I bit, can yeah. absolutely see that. Yeah, yeah, it is true. Especially, it. especially you when s- it you see someone who's in that much trouble. Yeah. Right. I. Yeah. Sure. I understand that criticism. But I think that the counter argument is also very strong. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, I think it's fair enough. Uh, so, we get that. She blows his fucking leg off, Ugh. right? Which is horrible. Uh, and then she says that she's going to torture him and gets the golf club and gives him a little hit in the head. Uh, so, we change back to Joel and Ellie, or not Joel and Ellie, uh, Ellie and Dina. And Jesse finds them, and they're like, "Don't come in, we're we're fucking or whatever." Yeah, uh, yeah. And then the, he says that Joel and uh, Tommy didn't return from their uh, patrol, so then they're worried about them, obviously, and they need to go and try and find them. Uh, so, a bit frantic at this point. You're kind of mm-hmm. like, you're kind of planning. And you're like, I mean, you know, know, you know what's coming. Yeah, like. You've, I know you've seen happened. him get his leg yeah. practically blown off. You know what's about to happen, but yeah. there is such a sense of urgency. Yeah, it's so heavy. Like, yeah, mm. yeah, you're kind of like, oh fuck, I need to get through this house. Um, there's no, there's and... no. Ooh, I'll look around. No, <laughs> this is no go. We're saving him. If there's any, if there's any chance that like getting there faster, we'll save him. Yeah. Even though it's completely scripted, and you know what's gonna happen. Um. So she gets to she gets to Joel, uh, fucking smacks Jordan in the face. Good. Uh. And then they hold her down, and he's just oh, he just looks terrible. It's awful, isn't it? Mm, yeah. Hate it. I absolutely hate it. Um. And it's obviously horrible for her, and she's telling him to get up and. She's the last um, thing that he sees before Abby kills him, and the sound, the the diegetic sound of like yeah. everything becoming really faint that she can't hear what the rest of them are saying, and she's just so focused on Joel and on Abby, she's not even paying attention to anything else. Um, yeah, it's just heartbreaking. It's horrible. Uh, I remember sitting just the morning that I got the game, just being like, <sighs> I know. God damn it. Like we, <laughs> like two hours in, and that's the thing hell. is, you knew this was gonna happen. You have to know Some, that one of these two is gonna die. That Joel somehow has to pay for what he's done, but yeah. it's so early and so terrible. Yeah, that it's just yeah, it is terrible. It is a bad way to go. It's a bad way to go. So we have that. Uh, there's a little funeral, which is really sad little bit. Also, we get Joel's second name, Miller, here, mm. which interesting little touch. You know, I kind of felt, kind of felt like that way in like The Force Awakens when you find out that Kylo Ren is like Han Solo's son. 
you know, I, it was just a little, it was just like, ooh, he's called Joel Miller. We don't, information that we're getting that we, like, we didn't have before, even though it's, like, completely meaningless. Yeah. But it's just, like, a nice little touch. And I, it got me thinking that Joel and Ellie probably know each other's second names. Yeah. They've known it for the entire time, you know. It'd be weird if Joel didn't know Ellie's second name. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So interesting little touch there. Uh, so she has to go to his house, which she's obviously very anxious about, and that's a horrible, somber little scene, yeah, it isn't is. it? Like, trying to keep it together, going in and, like, seeing his little, like, chair, and you could just imagine him sitting around in there, couldn't you? Like, mm-hmm. you know, watching a sports game from, like, 30 <laughs> years ago on the TV like, that he found on DVD or something. Sanding a guitar, like, something, yeah. Whit- Whitlin, Whitlin as, yeah. as they say. Whitlin, a little cowboy. Uh, so she goes in, she gets his watch and his gun. And she looks through his clothes and stuff. That's that's horrible. She's like, smells his yeah. shirt and stuff that he wore in the first game. Um, and then, yeah, they're basically off. Te- uh, what's her name? Tommy's wife, Maria, doesn't want them to go, but Tommy's gone off on his own, so they just go to Seattle. And then this is kind of like where the main part of the game takes place. Mm-hmm. Um, good contrast. That they're just... They're in Jackson, it's fairly snowy, and it just goes to this like bright green and kind of like harkens a little bit back to spring yeah. from the last game yeah, where it's it sort does. of like it's like oh this is a new chapter you know like you have to kind of begin again which obviously has like those seasonal um links there mm-hmm. and it's, it's I like it I like Seattle I like this little bit at the start where they're going through the forest it's kind of like that bit in the Shadow of the Colossus remaster. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's like, it's just so lush, yeah, you know, and like, you feel like this is just real life, you know, like, this isn't a game, like, you know, you can imagine hundreds of miles of trees like this just sprawling out in front of you, it's just so detailed, it's great. Um, so, at this point, going around Seattle, and then you have the really open bit. Right, which we talked which is nice. quite a bit about um, before, and yeah. I still, it, you know, I, I wasn't too hot on it before, I didn't love, love it, but... When you look yeah. that, look at the fact that this is really the only time in the game where you can explore, yeah. you know, at your own pace and do your own thing. Mm. Um, which you know, some people use that as a criticism. You know, say why doesn't that happen more, or why only mm-hmm. do it here? Which is fair, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, no, it it, it is yeah. interesting because it does kind of give you that. I felt. In retrospect, it gave me that sense of like, right, now what? We're in Seattle. We're yeah, in this we massive, n- like, metropolitan city, or what once was a metropolitan city, and we're looking for like yeah. 10 people. Yeah. What do we do? Yeah. What the fuck do we do? Yeah. Good little scene in the music shop. I love it. With the- I love it. Yeah. I, I love it. I think. Sorry, I'm just thinking. This might be my favorite musical moment in the game. Yeah, it's good. It's good. It's just, uh, it, it's so interesting because I think this is the first time that you see Ellie really play the guitar. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I think it's something, I don't know, it's something I relate to. Cause, you know, Ellie is very uh, guarded and closed off. Yeah. But. 
you know, she plays this song and she sings. And singing is a hard thing to do. Like, not in terms of skill, but just in terms of, like... I don't know, people find singing to someone else very difficult. It's... Yeah. It, it's putting another part of yourself out there. Yeah. Which she does... She's comfortable with Dina. Yeah, she does, un you know, unprovoked. There's no, oh, play me a song. It's... I'm going to play a song, and I want she you to hear it. It's a part of her. Yeah. It's a good part of her that Joel's given her. Yeah. Uh, and I've actually learned it on guitar, and I've played it a couple of times with Susie singing. I was learning and she's, I was learning Joel's song the other night as well. Yeah, it's good. Uh, it, yeah. Susie, good voice. Very good voice. I would, I would love has, to hear that at some point. She's got grades in opera singing oh, that she's done. Yes. And she's very, she's very, very good. Take, take a yeah. video sometime. I would love to hear that. I will, actually. She's a really good singer. Sometimes she's just singing in the car, and I'm like, like Jesus Christ! <laughs> I, forget, I forgot that you're so good. Um, she's really good. She hits those notes well. She was having to go with me. She was like, I was playing. And she was like, you're, you're playing the wrong chords. She's like, the chords that you're playing are in the right key for my voice, or like for the, how the song should go. And I'm like, I'm like, they they definitely are. And then we looked up, and I was wrong. I was playing <laughs> playing the wrong chord. Uh, there's a slight key change when you go into the into the chorus, chorus and I just thought it. Yeah. yeah, fucking hell! I was like, "All right, so we've got that." They're going to the hotel, right? Tommy's done the old uh, torture thing. Tell me, <laughs> tell me what's on this map, yeah. or tell me where to go. And then, I'll, like the classic, uh, "Oh, you tell me, y- y- you tell me what you know, and then I'll tell you if you're right." Thing that kids do, um, they to like to like fake people out and stuff. So he's doing that, tortured them. They find out that he's going to the TV station yes that's right yep. and then they get caught in a trap and then Ellie gets knocked out and then that's where they're at the school and we meet our friend Jordan who's being an absolute piece of shit uh, Dina saves him or Dina saves Ellie and you have the choice if you want to blow Jordan's face off with a shotgun when he's just lying there dead uh, which I always which do, you do because <laughs> he's the least likable one out of all the the Salt Lake City uh, Fireflies, I would say. I think he's a piece of shit. Um, and he's the one that I can't find any sort of sympathy with. Right. R.I.P. Jordan. So we got him. R.I.P. Jordan. So we're fighting the WLF for a good while. Right. Uh, there's a good little bit in when they go through like a street that has like pride flags and stuff and they're asking each other like what are the rainbows about um, again. Very left leaning. I missed that. I didn't get that. I like that. Uh, It's in. It's. uh, I think it's just after. You go through like a motel area. um, And there's like the erotic bookshop. Yeah, and I I didn't get the bookshop, so I must have banked it around or Uh, something. There's like. Well, I've explored very thoroughly. Yeah. (laughs) That's just kind of how I play. So, like, there's couple of there's like three streets you can go down and i think it's like the topmost one so there's the erotic bookshop and coffee shop and then it's it must be in sort of like a gay area in seattle and so there's like pride flags and like rainbows painted on the road and stuff and then they're like oh what's with all the rainbows and they're like oh maybe oh we could we should keep exploring and we'll find out and i don't think i'm i didn't get anything where they find out oh the rainbow means this or whatever um but yeah, I, I like that little touch. But they don't, don't know need if I to miss know something. I don't. 
They don't need to know. I know. I know what it's about. Yeah. Um, so we've we've got that bit, and then I guess we'll just skip forward to the TV station. They go there. Yeah. Good little fight. They see that some people have been in there before, uh, and they think it might have been Tommy, but there's a lot of this like they think they're following the trail of the person that they want, and then they're not actually. Yeah. They, there's like more complicated relationships between the people of Seattle than they first think, basically. Um, and so they find what later will be the scars have like tied up a load of the WLF and like cut out their guts and stuff. Terrible, isn't it? Which is pretty gruesome. Yeah. Yeah. So they're in the TV station and then they're going to find. I can't remember the girl's name. Is it like Thea or something? Tess? I think it begins with T. Um, she's already dead. And then they've. I God, I can't remember what happens now. They, I think they're out of Leeds or something, aren't they? Maybe. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't recall. I can't recall. But anyway, so they do that. At some point, they end up in the, the sewers. And then, at some point as well, they, they get to the theater, basically. Yeah. <laughs> they, that's skip, skip it out. Like, about three or four hours of gameplay there. But sure, we get to the theater... And then uh, that's kind of like their little point of refuge, which I would say, like, first of all, they go into this place and Ellie just says, uh, let's go into there for shelter. And I'm like, fucking hell, Ellie, you don't know if that place is safe. Yeah. First of all, why are you going in there? And then Dina just sits by the front door and they have a chair blocking it like i'd be putting some sofas and shit yeah in front of that yeah you know <laughs> or like wardrobes come on guys and then she switches on the lights and she keeps the lights on and you can see them from outside Forever, clearly yeah. there's someone in there it's ridiculous ridiculous so we find out that dean is pregnant right um i guess important pregnancy important motif which is sort of i guess like a representation of love or rebirth and like growth right mm-hmm. um yeah it's kind of like this little center where ellie can kind of have a normal life of like family and uh empathy and love right i do think it's also and, interesting and just as you know because neither dina nor mel like that's not something that they had planned on either of them and so i do think it's no. also another just a, a, another take on the unanticipated consequences of actions you know yeah and that's interesting i can't think yeah. i can't think of an environment less <laughs> welcoming no. of a child no um no but you know it's, and they're strong women yeah as well they're good they're good i think they're good female characters and that they're you know mel later on really wants to go out and be useful mm-hmm. you know she doesn't want to sit home and the same with Dina. She wants to help Ellie, and she'll help her, even though she thinks she's pregnant. She's been so for a couple of weeks. Um, and I think that they're they're strong, supportive characters, yeah. uh, rather than like they don't fall into like stereotypes. Um, so at this point, they have a bit of a fight, and then Ellie falls asleep, and that's the end of day one. But we have the little flashback with Joel here. The best um, flashback. Yes. Perfect. This is the game that everybody wants. This, <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah, this is the one that people are disappointed they didn't get. Um, so, Ellie's birthday. 
Joel has literally given her the best present of all time, which is uh, a trip to a natural history museum to see dinosaurs, which is pretty fucking cool. I like that she's like, I'm on a fucking dinosaur. <laughs> I, I love that, like... When she's like, oh, can I guess? She's like, is it a dinosaur? And you're like, that's a weird first guess. But that's what it is. <laughs> like, yeah, she's absolutely yeah. nailed it. I, I think I told you before, like, in the DLC um, with her friend Riley. Yeah. Uh, Riley says she has a surprise. And then she asks her if it's a dinosaur as well. Um, so it's kind of like something that it's like, she either says yeah. or something that she really likes and wants. Um, that she's never been able to have. So it's kind of... That kind of backs up her character there a little bit. She likes she likes weird sciencey shit. She does you know, like dinosaurs is, and and space and it's space. It's almost yeah. like you know because a lot of kids go through those phases. We'll say right. Yeah, but I don't they know. Do. It's you know it's it's maybe almost like a uh, you know representation of just you know these two. Not I don't want to say sides, but it's just. You know, 19-year-old Ellie, those things are not important. But, you know, up to They're as old important. as 16, yeah. she's still very, yeah. very interesting. I don't know, it's just interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. I like it. And it's... Uh, she brings it up later that it's like... She likes that people had interests that didn't involve survival, basically. Yeah. Or that, like, you know... It was dangerous going to the moon... Uh, they didn't have to go, but they still went. Yeah. And, not, and she's like, I would give anything to go to like get away from the world, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like these kind of distractions, much like music, even though like dinosaurs are hard to come by, right? It's kind of like this is like a little. This is this is the jar of peaches in the basement, right? It is right? the jar of peaches. You know, this yeah. is, yeah. This is this is her time away from that. So there's some funny little things here. She makes the funny faces in the mirror, which I like. And Joel's just standing there, like. Come, come on, <laughs> come on! Hates it, fucking hates it. Uh, he's walking around. He's getting involved with all the silly antics. She's putting the hat on all the dinosaurs, which is good. Uh, <laughs> there's a good bit where she's, uh, she's like, uh, "Sorry, all the dinosaurs are in a meeting right now." And she's like, "Oh, sorry. Uh, here's one of the dinosaurs right now." <laughs> and then she's like, "Get it? It's because you're old." And he's like, "Great." <laughs> Just. <laughs> just absolutely regretting all of his decisions yeah. to bring this child to a museum. Uh, I like when she puts the dinosaur or the hat on the Stegosaurus, yes. and she's like, she's like tiny head, <laughs> which is which is funny. And then Joel starts making fun of Tommy. He says he looks like one of those, the ones with the big heads, right? And then Joel throws the little hat on the Brachiosaurus, and he's like, I see the appeal uh, <laughs> when he throws it up there. Good. And of course, they have the good moment in the space shuttle. Yes. Which is just amazing. That's just flipping hell. And he's like, Did I do good, kiddo? I'm getting chills talking about that. Uh, and then, uh, and then just top it off. Top it all off. He gives her a little pin outside. Just like, Joel, you're not going to be able to top this birthday. Nailed you've, it. you've blown your load Absolutely. too soon with this. Absolutely nailed yeah. it. Yeah. Gonna. What's it? It's gonna be like a can of beans next year. Yeah. There's, there's not gonna be another dinosaur museum around. Um, so then, she, they they have a little bit of tension um, after they go into the second part of the museum. Um, yeah. And there's this good kind of like representative like divide. There's like a, there's kind of like this freedom in the bit with all the dinosaurs, and then they they have to cross a river 
and do the sort of standard shit that they've been doing and climb in through a window, you know, and there's supplies and stuff around and it's kind of like, oh no, back to reality. Yeah. Like, this is, this is it. Uh, and then they, she, she sees all this graffiti about this man who killed a lot of people and then they stand on either side of like a firefly symbol that says liar on it, which is obviously just pretty on the nose yeah. uh, <laughs> commentary on like who Joel is um, and the lies that he's given to Ellie. So they have a bit of tension there. Uh, day two. Day two is maybe my favorite bit of gameplay in like just in sort of like the last of us is like typical ex- exploration right. and like combat it's like a bit drizzly it's ellie on her own she's going through like houses and like sneaking through the long grass and you know she finds the bow and arrow and stuff like that this is the bit where there's the little tadpoles in the jacuzzi which i'm a big fan of uh really unnecessary detail that did not need to be there yeah um and then there's that interesting bit with Boris. You remember this little story? Uh, keep going. Boris is the archer. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Has an archery trophy, and there's a little drawing of him with a bow and arrow on his back and stuff. And then at one point, Ellie, uh, she finds out that. Boris locked a load of people in a garage, and then you actually find all those people, and they're all infected. Uh, so Boris is the one who locked him in there, and then you find out that he he turned into a, a stalker. So he is one of the infected as well mm-hmm. that you have to fight. Uh, so we have that, which is a good little story. It's kind of like good environmental storytelling, yeah. I would say. Um, so we have that. Uh, then you find your boy Jesse right in a fun little there's a little fun little truck section here which is really frantic which is like the complete antithesis of like an uncharted chase sequence where it's like yeah it's just like fucking just like this is chaos but like you you feel like oh fuck we could just die it's like driving like 10 feet (laughs) it's like crashing like 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 bullets going through infected running up and like crashing into the water like barely barely doing anything um so yeah we have that we have that good little section um i think here's where we get the tommy bet maybe yeah it's just right after this is right after this is where they split and you fight your way down and get the boat because they they Hmm. disagree on the path to take to get to Tommy, I think. I think this is day. Th- I think I think you're going to you're going ahead. Oh, I think I? okay. We have to have the bit with the hospital first. Um, e- where she right. kills yes, Nora. Yes. Yeah, and uh, so goes up. For I, I know I'm so Ellie goes off on her own at one point later in the day. Uh, she's kind of a bit bummed out that Dina is being all friendly with Jesse, and she's kind of like ignoring her so she kind of goes off on her own um she, I, I like this bit that you can like see the skyscrapers with the fog where um where Abby and Lev are and then you can kind of, this is day two so Abby and Lev are up there as you are seeing them oh. uh, which is quite interesting because it's just just before the hospital bit um I'd include so, into that that's cool yeah, it is cool. Uh, 
you kill a girl with the Vita, which is sad. Um, <laughs> yeah, I I wanted her to be good. Yeah, I wanted her to be good as well. Was she Although playing she Hotline is, Miami? Is that what she's playing? She's playing Hotline Miami, enjoying herself, playing a really good game. Uh, she is nice later on. Abby's Abby's sort of friends with her, um, so you see her a little bit then, and then she goes to the hospital and pushes Nora into the infected tunnel. And then she just absolutely torches the fuck out of her. Mm-hmm. This, uh, I think, this is a, this is a an important moment. You know, when she goes like, when she realizes who Ellie is, and yeah. you start to get the sense. And Ellie doesn't like react in any particular way, and so this is yeah. kind of your first time that you get a sense of like, ooh, she probably knows, and she almost has this like, <laughs> like mythological like status yeah. you know people her, yeah. she, she's the one you know she's neo yeah um yeah but, uh, yeah obviously you just uh, just <laughs> record also at this point interesting that ice cube today was a good day is playing uh, as you approach nora is it? which is <laughs> weird yeah a weird choice, I guess. Somebody kind of thought, well, we'll continue the real-life music, and today was a good day is kind of ironic, because so we need, it's not going to be a good day We need to make a list Nora. of real-world things that exist within The Last of Us. So we have Ice Cube. Hotline Miami. We have Hotline Miami. We have Pearl Jam. Aha. Uncharted. Uncharted. Jack and Daxter. Jack and Daxter. Uh, the PlayStation 3 in general. <laughs> um, the last console they'll ever have. Yeah. That's seven. Uh, yeah. Seven things. It's a good little list. Worth noting that Jurassic the Park, PSP Jurassic the Park exists. Jurassic Park does. Not by name, of course, but... And The Lost World. And The Lost World. They both exist. Sequel. <laughs> Wasn't as good as Jules says. So, I, I put it here that Chasing Nora felt like... Uh, or, sorry. Yeah, Chasing Nora felt like Joel in the hospital. And sure. this is kind of like parallel to like their point of no return um, of sort of like mm. and even even Nora looks a little bit like Marlene yeah she you know does. she's she's obviously black she's kind of skinny and she's got uh, curly hair tied up in a ponytail uh, she's wearing a vest top and stuff so I feel like those parallels are quite similar to like okay she has this choice now of like whether or not she's gonna leave her or torture her and kill her which is the same thing that Joel does with Marlene mm-hmm. um and just this bit with like the dark corridor and the red lights and like the ominous score is just it's just something isn't it it's um it's yeah, it's just something that you would see in a movie it's just it really is, really yeah. good cinematography it is um, I, I actually you mentioned the score I noticed the music much more in this one than I did in the first one um, which, yeah. is, which is good I mean the yeah. music in the first one is very good but it's also you know games like this the music is not something that you're like ooh I'm just gonna happily listen to the last of us soundtrack like it's not just something you put on for yeah. fun um yeah but i did feel that the music in this one was very very strong uh and i felt that even like the it, the adaptive soundtrack in combat worked yeah. really really well um yeah i sometimes felt i feel like they're kind of different musically like the first one when i think of music i think that music ends and begins other scenes yes or something like that little banjo riffs yeah like there's there's the 
I think like the most obvious example is like when Ellie when Ellie first meets Jewel, and he lies down, and then uh, he's like, he's like, I'll I'm gonna sleep here until uh, Tess gets back, and then Ellie's like, what am I supposed to do? And he's like, I don't know, you'll figure something out. And then she's like, your watch is broken. And he's like, pfft. And like the music plays then to like end that to kind of like link it to like his thoughts about Sarah. Yeah. And then it goes into the next one and just hard cut to like Ellie looking at the rain outside. And that's sort of like where music fits in or like when uh, Sam and Henry get killed at the end of the summer Mm -hmm. section and it goes into autumn. It's kind of like like transitions are marked by music rather than just music existing throughout the rest of the world. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, kills kills her. PTSD setting in of the person that she's becoming. Mm-hmm. Goes in, goes into the theater, but like pauses with her hand on like the handle, and her hand is shaking, which is a nice little touch of like, can she go back to normal life after this? Yeah. Um, so this is this is when we get the flashback with Tommy, uh, out sniping zombies or whatever. Uh, and then you get Joel I do, uh, trying his best. I do think it's a shame because they do this whole thing where you have to like adjust for the curvature of the the earth and like the wind speed and things like that. And that that's never really used again. No. Which I kind of no, I kind of thought it was like a little like midpoint tutorial. Yeah. So I was a little yeah. bit disappointed that that never came back. Yeah, it's kind of like in, it's like Call of Duty Four with uh, the old Gilly Dump mm-hmm. mission, you know, like in Chernobyl, uh, and they teach you that, and then they teach you that so that you can kind of have like a bit of a boss encounter later on yeah. when you have to assassinate the guy, you know. But they don't; they're kind of like setting you up for really nothing, I guess. I suppose that this is like, I don't know. It's kind of like setting up the boss fight where Tommy's the enemy later on. You know, sure. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's he fair. A, he has a sniper. That's fair. I guess it's kind of just telling you that he has a sniper and that he's good at using it. You know, something, something like that. Um, and then you kind of have like the old Joel and Ellie stuff moving through a building. You know, clearing out stuff, collecting things, and then you fight a bloater and then a load of clickers and stuff. And this is sort of one of their big confrontations about like tell me what happened or whatever mm-hmm. and then Joel is just so firm with lying right in this and it's pretty uncomfortable yeah um, yeah yeah don't like this don't like this this is this is sad sad territory uh, so we have that and then we go on to day three and this is the stuff with Jesse and the boat okay yeah uh, yeah yeah do you like the boat stuff uh handles like a boat <laughs> yeah uh, I, I do, like I mean, boat. you know, I have issues with boats and water in my own <laughs> personal uh, existence. And I don't know, some of that, yeah. I don't know, it, it bothered yeah. me. You know, I, I've talked to you before about, like, when I was out, like, on a canoe and you could, like, see, like, the tops of trees under the water. And that's horrifying. Cool. And this is absolutely that exact kind of environment, like this flooded city. Yeah. And you're, you know, it's very likely that you're seeing like tops of, I mean, you don't in the game, but in my head, you're no. seeing like the tops of submerged cars and street signs and mm. stuff like that. Oh, I don't like yeah. it. It's very, very yeah. eerie. Um, 
Yeah. But it is eerie. But that's like, good to set yeah. the tone for this day. But uh, yeah. It's yeah, yeah, it's unsettling. Yeah. There's a good there's a good bit of general eeriness from this. Uh, there's a there's a bit where there there's like a pub and you have a confrontation where some like scars and WLF are meeting together and um they there's like a there's like a uh what do you call it? a monorail uh car that's like crashed and you can go up to the top of it and i use that as right. like a sniper position uh on my second playthrough and i was like well this is great think about that yeah that's what i did so i i, I got up there and i was the like edge. what was the point of going all the way up here i gotta go back down yeah yeah so it is very useful. And then beside there, there's like a couple of like big apartment buildings, and like you can't see the top of them because the fog is just everywhere. Um, and I really like that little that little touch to kind of like this this sort of like endless no man's land. Yeah. Um, where she's traveling on the boat. There was a bit before as well that I wanted to talk about. With it's when you first meet the scars uh, before you get to the hospital. <gasps> and I that scene. I was streaming. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I was streaming, Scary as fuck. and uh, I'm like, oh, you know, just doing like, hey, you know, catching up. Oh, hey, this is the. I was literally like at the moment. I was like in that little trench, and yeah. I'm like catching up. Oh, this is the story. This is what's happened. Blah 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 blah. blah. I'm like, anyway, so yeah. let's keep going. <laughs> like immediately, just fucking twatted <laughs> with an arrow. Oh. That is, I think that's one of like the most atmospheric parts and like just crawling through those like big ferns with like the really big trees yeah and the guy they're just stalking you silently and whistling every so often i think oh what a like what a good enemy design and like what a good level design as well just throughout that whole bit like Mm -hmm. it's it's perfect and these it's great and there's like a little um I wanted to mention this specifically. It's like when you finish that encounter and they're all dead, you go into this apartment building and then you look up and this reminded me of like Bioshock or something like that. It's like all these like rows of apartments from below. You're in like a mezzanine Mm. and you see just all these doves just like perched and all you can hear is them cooing to each other. Mm. And it's just such like a sinister like moment of like this image of something that's supposed to be quite heavenly which is associated with the religion of the cult right but it's it's kind of terrifying at the same time it's it's like a continuation of like the the horrifying beauty of like the clickers and stuff but just this like silent little scene where the birds just making noises is is just really really good and atmospheric it Um, reminds me of like i I I love that little bit i can't i can't place it but i'm thinking of like a disney film or an animated film just I'm like maybe jungle not the jungle book I don't know something just like mm-hmm. all these just evil evil birds just like a council of birds looking down mm-hmm. ready to just yeah just just looking down it's almost as if they're like like they're like lookouts for the scars or something yeah. it's like they're like watching always something like that it's 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 like a really horrifying bit and I feel like with with that group of people, they're the ones that are like most associated with horror that aren't the clickers and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. They're kind of like this terrifying presence throughout, which obviously your opinion sort of softens as you go along. So, uh, Ellie gets to the aquarium, right? And I, I wondered 
because I am sure Ellie doesn't know what aquariums are or what coral is. Yeah. If Ellie thought that the aquarium was full of like the in- the fungus infection, hmm. because she's like walking through all these all this like plastic coral that would be in the fish tanks, right? But it looks like the fungus, huh. right? Uh, so I kind of thought like, oh, maybe she thinks that this place is really infected, so she's on her guard. Um, just a little interesting point there. So Sorry, before she, before we get to yeah. just before we get to the aquarium, we have this horrible, horrible moment being yeah. out in the open ocean. Yeah, and oh, it's it's just it's claustrophobic and it's suffocating, yeah. and I hate it. I hate it so much. Yeah. Like, the relief of getting to the, the dock. Palpable. And then, like, she doesn't, ha- she doesn't have a good grip on it as well when she's, like, trying to get up. Yeah. Um, and then there's just such relief. And it's, like, it's just this weird, like, sinister air with the aquarium when you're with Ellie. It is. Like, it's very... It is. Yeah, yeah. It's, like, the big fish and stuff and, like, the... the it, it almost feels like she's still underwater or something. It feels like these are, like, big beasts like surrounding her even though it's like a little kids play area you know well i think there's quite, like, there's something there's it. something so just like otherworldly and unsettling about ocean life anyways yeah and yeah. you know like you kind of just made you know the comparison to you know the the clickers and i think there's there is something there something that you know we don't understand and honestly like mm. going through the aquarium i was terrified of like finding like uh, a shark tank that's just been like unmanned yeah. for all this time and there's just you know yeah. just like See, massive is... like heaven forbid like an octopus or a squid or something like that which are the most oh, horrible, terrifying horrible. of all See, things. See this is this is what I, I've talked to you about this so many times and maybe on the podcast as well just and I wrote I wrote the story when I was in uni a creative writing like piece about like what what happens to the animals after everybody disappears like like where if there was nobody else if there was nobody there to look after zoos and aquariums like where do the animals go right. and the thought of animals alone in their cages or escaping from their cages yeah it, it's terrifying it is terrifying like, it's not 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 that like oh i want animals to be locked up forever but like the thought of like a fucking tiger or a rhino or some shit like that escaping from a zoo and then just running around a city. Well, it's very like Planet of the Apesy, isn't it? It's like, yeah, you know, what is. happens like, when the things that we have tried to control break free of that? Yeah. It's like, I told you when I was in Japan and I went to the zoo and the hippo was in this kind of like crappy little house and it, but it had like a really deep tank of water that it was in. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't, I didn't like that first of all. Just the, the whole reason that you're afraid of water is like, the depth yeah. and like the Ugh. the unknown and the big creatures that are under there, right? <laughs> Making me I uncomfortable. Walk- I t- <laughs> Sorry. When I was when I was walking at night, like trying to find somewhere to eat, I walked past the edge of the zoo where the hippo enclosure was, and it was dark. And I was just thinking, oh, the hippo is like in it's the dark, in maybe under the water. It's right in there. Oh, oh, I hate that. I hate that thought. And if you like. They're like that right now. I don't, I don't even have to be there. Yeah, it's still there, and that I don't like that. So that's that's kind of what the aquarium. Yeah. Was, so I, you know, I don't, I don't know how. You know, maybe this area doesn't have the same effect on on everybody, but 
you know, there's, I don't know how many times we have talked about that being like my worst fear is war. And so this was just like, just this whole day, uh, not comfortable. Yeah. Scary one. Scary one. So then absolute cakewalk when you go in and kill a dog and kill a pregnant lady and a man because you're, (laughs) you're glad that the area is over, of course. Um, (laughs) No, bad. It's, bad that you kill Mel. Yeah. Um, it's even Owen. I I like Owen. Owen is looking back at it difficult and complex to like. Yeah. But you do just you you get the scent. We'll get to him obviously, but you do get the sense of this is just uh, a man who is. I don't want to he. He's tired of the world. He's done with it. Yeah. You know, he yeah. he wants something different. He wants something more. And that's something I think we can all relate with. We, you know, we'd all be Definitely the mundanity. Just because his mundanity is kind of like heightened to like violence and stuff. It doesn't, it doesn't lessen that we've all felt, you know, fed up mm-hmm. with mundanity in our lives at one point, right? Um... So I can understand wanting like a little bit of fantasy in his life, and that's that's just kind of the man that he is. Um, and so Ellie kills them, which is horrible. And he tells her, he tells Ellie that she's pregnant, and she just kind of breaks down a little bit. And then Tommy and Jesse run in. Uh, they go back to the theater, and then at this point, fucking horrible, right? Yeah, Again, it's, it's horrible. Horrible doesn't doesn't stop. Jesse just shot just right through the face, and that's just him gone. So uh, I, I a. a my immediate gut reaction with Jesse's death, and this happens yeah. again with uh, Manny. It's kind of yeah. paralleled. My first reaction was a little bit upset, just with like I thought that maybe they were just kind of supposed to be like shock value deaths, like yeah. you know. Like, that happens a lot. Like, you already kind of compared it to The Walking Dead. That happens a lot in The Walking Dead, especially, yeah, like, shot early shot. on in the first couple seasons. It's like, you know, just just people dying. But yeah. I think it more than that speaks to, like, you were already talking about, like, in this world, people die, and you just have to yeah. move on. That's it's You have just to move it. on, and, and in those cases. And I think Abby's group has embraced that more than you know like Ellie's whole thing you know and like throughout the first game you know is this uh, you know endure and survive thing right like that's you mm-hmm. know one of the themes of the first game but Abby's whole group is like um, may your survival be long and your death be sw- like you're gonna die swift so when yeah. it happens hopefully it's quick yeah so right. my friend uh, Curtis was saying to me he just he's just got to this bit uh, and he he said about their motto, and he's like, if somebody said that to me, I would think they were my enemy, yeah, not not my friend. <laughs> yeah. But like, like in this world, I guess that's all you can really hope for, right? Is safety and then a quick death. Um, that's it. Yeah, uh, it is a shame after this bit as well because Jesse and Ellie have this little heart to heart before he just dies. I think I can't remember the context exactly, but he says something along the lines of like. It, like it's okay to go back, you know, or or like 
you know, we're going to be there for you or something. something so she like, says something about it not being his problem. He says, my friend's problems are my problems. My friend's problem. Yeah. That's, that's it. Yeah. 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 Uh, which is a nice little final moment for him and her. Um, and I guess that that kind of, she kind of goes to sacrifice herself at this part. Right. Which she like says, I'm the one you want, you know, this is all about me. And I think that Jesse probably spoke to her a little bit like that. You know, she's doing this to save Tommy and to mm-hmm. save Dina. This, right? This uh, this whole scene, I think, is so interesting because yeah. we see a break in Ellie's character. Yeah. She's so she's so stuck, right? Yeah, and she, you know, and there's this this panic where she just like, okay, okay, like she throws away the gun, like she's so like. Almost like Tommy is the the very last thread that she has to Joel. Yeah, Tommy's and Tommy's her Joel. She and I. will th- like throw it away, literally throw it yeah. away for to save his yeah. life. Yeah, which is like the beginning of her change, isn't it? Like, mm-hmm. like if you think about like when Joel is being held by them, her first thing is to like attack. Yeah, right. Like that's that's her first thought, and then at this halfway point her gut reaction is to throw the gun away and sacrifice herself she's not completely there you know she's not given up hatred yet but Mm -hmm. she's like she's seen what the violence and the revenge is doing to her and you know given the same sort of situation if she if she could go back in time and be with joel in that last moment she probably would have been a bit more reserved and maybe she even thinks she could have saved his life if she just had like held up her hands and be like, "Stop, stop a second, maybe we can talk this through," yeah, yeah. rather than jumping to violence straight away. Um, so then, at this point, we jump back. We're going back in time. We're doing the little, you know, like that. Uh, going back to Salt Lake City, and we have the the zebra moment with Abby's dad. That poor Jerry. Zebra also, Jerry. Jerry. Uh, we have this. Uh, zebra moment. Zebra's fucked up, right? Uh, and I was so worried at this moment that we were going to see the giraffes die. <laughs> at that, oh. that's what I thought was going to happen. <laughs> that I thought we were going to see the giraffes just get fucked up, and I was like, "Oh, don't, ru- don't ruin that moment, please." Yeah, that would have been horrible. That would have that would have been a very, like, very get, rough opening to this segment. They just get game. shot or something, or like. Like Owen shoots them, or like they get attacked by clickers yeah. or something. I was like, oh, please don't, please don't, just let that one perfect moment exist. So that doesn't happen. Uh, we see Jerry, um, and then I th- think do we get a little shot of like we get a little scene of Abby finding his body or something before we move on. In a little bit, uh, yeah, we get a something like something like that. So like her her love for her dad kind of becomes hatred and it's it's the stuff that we talked about before that this this could equally just be joel and ellie's mm-hmm. story right here you know and i like the dog i like him he's all right we do also I, right. I i don't know where this completely falls in the timeline i might be jumping around a little bit here but we also get this really uh interesting exchange about jerry and when they have ellie when joel's brought ellie to them mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and and him being you know he's quite cold a little bit cold but also you know what is that classic you know um the death of one justifying the survival of many right like it's mm. it is that classic debate and he's 
you know, the pragmatic scientist about it. You know, he's yeah. we have to do yes. this. You know, and what if yes. you know, and what if it was what if it was Abby? And you yeah. know, you get the feeling that yeah. if it was Abby, yeah, his choice would be the same, right? But you don't know. You, you don't know. You, you just don't know. Yeah, and uh, um, but then you also get, um, sorry, what's her name for the first one? Marlene. Yes, you 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 get that other side of her saying like no like we can't we can't do this we can't kill this child yeah. and it just kind of brings an extra bit of gravity to Joel's decision yeah yeah and then um, Jerry doesn't even want to tell Joel yeah he's like why when right because uh, she says I'm going to go tell him yeah. I'm going to tell him yeah and he's like why uh, and then she's like oh because he traveled across the country with her like he has a right to know or whatever yeah. but like she doesn't even really understand the full gravity of like why Joel would want to know, um, and yeah, yeah, you have that, and you know what? I think this vaccination, it's it's a pipe dream. It's it's hope. And I think, and right, I think that's the thing is like, this is the first and only immune person that they've ever even heard of, right? And yeah. when you look at something like we still don't have how many months has it been since this pandemic? And we still don't have long. a reliable long, treatment or vaccine or anything for it. No. There's and, yeah. little to no chance that from one sample, they're yeah. able to to come. There's just yeah. So I you know I think, you're, the entire I think you're right, world. and and that because also changes your perspective on that as well. Like, yeah, yeah, it's complex. Yeah, and you because you you can't fix the state that humanity is in just because of a vaccine yeah like the and as we've like we've there's so many things that would like refute the vaccine like you can't cure cannibalism you can't cure murder and those seem to be the main ways that humans are dying right you can't cure you know getting your throat bitten out by a clicker you can't you're not going to turn the infected back to normal like a click you're not just going to inject a clicker and they're just going to turn into a human again like that's I don't think that's going to happen. And there's no way to spread that across the country. There's just so many things that just refute a vaccine, you know? And I, like, this is almost like, like Jerry's little irrational goal, right? Like, Jerry is kind of like Ellie in a way that he wants to make a difference or something like that. And he's willing right. to go to any length. Like, she's willing to die for it and he's willing to kill for it. Yeah. Right? And, you know, um, I. That's a good point. I think you're right. Like, the world has been like this for 25 years. How yeah. how do you undo 25 years of like lawlessness and gang mentality? Yeah. Like there's, and there's literally a cult that has foregone old technology, right? Like they've they've they're not even teaching kids what fucking like cool means yeah. anymore. You know, like. They're not going to be able to go back to a normal life just because the vaccine has been made. Yeah. Yeah. So, we have this. This is... Then we have the little aquarium scene, right, with Owen and uh, Abby. And you get this kind of first thing of, like, Abby's afraid of heights, right? Mm -hmm. Which is good. Uh, I like that. Because even when you go... Even when you're not up the fucking skyscrapers later on, you go to the edge of, like, a tall building or whatever or like just a drop 
and it starts going all blurry and like she she doesn't want to go near the edge and she starts breathing more deeply and stuff it's a nice little like <laughs> yeah feature of her character i was, uh, I was playing this humanizes i was her. playing this and jill was watching <laughs> this was the best comparison she goes oh that's yeah. like in lego indiana jones when you get too close to the snakes and indy goes mm-hmm. that is like that it's exactly that like that, that was perfect. i was like yeah, look at you that is good well done well done jill that was good um so they go through the aquarium uh, again, like good little humanizing moments with these two. Like, he's in a fantasy land. Al- Abby is really focused on revenge, basically, and on training to be strong. And you get this tension that they're these two are going to break up at some point because they're kind of at odds yes. with one another. Um, you get the little sea lion, which is another sort of giraffe moment. It's, it's so. Uh, sorry, going back to the aquarium. Now, this is suddenly the most like peaceful and inviting place on the planet. This is uh, this it's is hopeful. so interesting, is, and I think is... part of it is you know you get to explore a little more, and you get to see like all the cute little caricatures of you know the yeah. the otter has a name, and people used to come to the aquarium to see little otter, yeah. and you know it's yeah. oh, it's so interesting how it, how they're yeah. able to make the exact same place feel so completely yeah. different. Like, this is fiction versus reality. Yeah. Basically, this is, like, this heightened representation of, like, what the world is. It's, like, completely, like, fantastical and, like, it's escapism and, yeah. And as Susie said, pretty sweet fucking deal that this place has not been discovered by anyone. Yeah. This, it's untouched. There's just one man that lives in here. He's on, like, a boardwalk, so he's, like, defended on, like, three sides. It's It's a pretty sweet little hideout I would say also um, you get to yeah. slide down the railing by the boat yeah. which is very good you do that is fun only that fun. one though She's I not... tried all the railings and it's just the one only that one just the one yeah uh, good show and tell don't or sh- good show don't tell here uh, when they have their little confrontation at the end mm-hmm. where uh, Abby's like I know where to find him and I think this is kind of the start of like Owen being fed up with everything, and he see like he doesn't see a difference between the scars and the WLF and them. Like he just every he he's kind of like the person that understands why they shouldn't be trying to kill Joel because everybody is just the same. You right. know, everybody's killing everyone. It's the only way to get rid of that is to just escape and go go somewhere else. Uh, so. We have all this filler stuff, like the, we get all the stuff with Manny and the relationship at the like at the stadium with Mel and you know the, the kind of love triangle there. Which this this whole bit is like not the most exciting stuff. No, but you you get those relationships fleshed out a little bit more, and it makes sense for later on. Mm-hmm. You know um, the repercussions of uh, the love triangle between Mel and Owen and Abby. Uh, so we do that. Uh, we break out. Basically, Abby Abby goes off right. Uh, oh, first you see Isaac uh, torturing some people. Played which, by first I, I didn't like, know the guy from Westworld. Um. Oh. You know who I'm talking about? I see. Jeffrey. Jeffrey Wright. Oh yeah. Is that his name? Is that him? Yeah. It's on his face. No, no, it's not his face. But he's no. Okay. So, which is good because just oh, last really? week we talked about 
how much having actors in video games takes me out of it. Yeah, it's him. Uh, yeah. But of course, I know oh. him. He plays uh, Felix in the Daniel Craig James Bond films. Yes. So, there you He's go. He's also a character that I can't remember the name of in The Hunger Games. Uh, so, there we go. He, is he? He's also playing... Is he playing Jim Gordon in the new Batman yes, movie? Yes, he is. Look at him go. He is. He is. So there you go. Megan. I just learned that the other day, just because I was, you know, I was, yeah. you know, I followed most of the performers from the yeah. game on Twitter, and then uh, so I can't remember. That's Maybe cool. it was Laura Bailey tagged tagged him in a post. Mm. Hmm. Okay. Anyway, cool. Yeah. Cool. So this guy, he's bad. He's not pretty black a good white, person. Right? No, no. And I will say, Naughty Dog, very good representation throughout. But the two black guys you've got in the game are both evil. So maybe, maybe the next one. Think maybe the next that. one. You'll sort Think that out. Yeah, yeah. Well, you've got you got Marley and you got Nora, but the two men, bad. Uh, he just he wants to launch an invasion against the Scars, um, and that's kind of his plan. He wants Abby to be on the front lines, but Abby ducks out of that to go and find Owen because she's found out that he shot one of their other friends Danny over an altercation that we'll find out about later so she goes through Chinatown which is a fun little section I like that actually uh, and she kills a couple of clickers and she's like she's like two down millions more to go I'm like you know what Abby you killed Joel but you're actually pretty funny uh, see and I'm, I'm I'm not at the point yet where I'm like alright but I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting the mm, sense. Mm. I'm, I'm seeing the reason why we're playing this side of the story. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm not there yet. So uh, we're going through. Big Bertha comes out, right? Big Bertha, Miss Trunchbull, if you will, <laughs> comes out. Yes. Fucking twats, Abby. <laughs> Horrible. Yeah. Knocks her down, and then another lady comes out and just whacks her in the head with a hammer, right? And then, I think this might be, like, the most fucking atmospheric, badass scene in the whole game. This like, is... at least, like, top three. It's... It's something. Because I didn't something. think this was going to be in here. I didn't think so I either. Thought, because they obviously, they do the old switcheroo with the Dina, Ellie kiss. They put that at the end chronologically instead of instead or sorry they put it at the end instead of putting it chronologically yes and i thought oh they just cut that so then obviously i thought oh they're gonna cut that scene as well but you just get this music which is just sinister and it's it's like this is it over this is it um abby's getting dragged through the rain it's just pitch black by these two scars they throw their little torches into like a burning car and then uh, they tie her up, and then this lady brings out uh, what's her name, Kira. I think so. Yeah. Is that her name, Kira? Uh, I'll look it up for you. So we get so Kira. Right. Yeah, look it up. I I I I said it wrong before. I think in the podcast, so I'm not I'm not sure. Uh, so we have the girl. They say clip her wings, and they just bash one of her arms in with a hammer, which is fucking horrible. Um, and then they lift up Abby's shirt and they're about to like cut into her like they've done with all their other victims and like just let the guts spill out I don't know if we get an explanation for that anywhere um, 
I don't know. I guess it's there's something in there about like letting out like the inner evil or some shite, Probably. right? Some religious crap. Yeah, I don't know. But they're doing it. Anyway. Yara. They're hanging people. Yara. Like, it, sorry. like Game uh, of Thrones. Like Game of Thrones, yeah. So she's being hung up. And then out of nowhere, like an arrow comes and kills the other two scars. And that's Lev. And fucking Abby grabs the Seraphite around the neck with her legs. And it's just holding on to her. And then fucking Yara comes in and smashes her over the head with the hammer and just falls down. And then Lev comes out. And Abby is hanging there for so long. So fucking long. Jesus Lord. I'll be honest with you. She, yeah. I got a little bit of like proxy autoerotic asphyxiation in this scene. Oh, wow. I was like, wow. ooh. I. <laughs> This is good. <laughs> well, didn't expect to hear that. There so you go. There that's you go. Good. That's good. That's good. It's just uh, a, it's just a prelude her. to some of the stuff coming up. So, she was getting hung there she for was, a fucking age. Yes, she was. And right, just just between you and I, and the whole internet. <laughs> like, I've I've gone to the point where I thought I'm gonna pass out. I've hit that. <laughs> I've hit it. And it's scary. It's a bit scary. And you're over here judging me. Come on now. I know. It's... Oh, it's... So... And she has this rope burn, or, like, this bruise on her neck for the rest of the game, and then she... Lev lets her down, and she, like, rubs her neck with, like, the strongest fucking hand in the world. (laughs) Like, just this massive hand. And she has the hammer. Just... Oh, just so fucking cool. Just that just, shot, and you know, oh. and we've seen this cutscene, and that's the cool thing is we've, we've seen we've it. seen it, but now in context, knowing how strong Abby is, and yeah. how close she came to dying. Yeah, yeah, it's so good, and and now it's this, you know, even though she is so, you know, such a demanding physical presence. In that moment, she wasn't enough by herself. No, no. And she's weak, she's and we'll, well, I'm going to tie back to that as we as we go on. Yeah, absolutely. So this whole section is great. I love it. I love going through the forest. The I love thing, how yeah. unequipped she is. I love how she thinks that they leave her at one point and they rescue her. Mm-hmm. The little like quip about like, oh, she doesn't believe that they attacked them because uh, Lev cut his hair. And how she just leaves them in this little, like, made-up shack or whatever. Like, they have a construction site, like, just leaves them in there. Yeah. Um, and then she just goes off, and then you kind of just think, that's it. That's it. That's just one little story done. Uh, she got Oh, there's, there's, like, a really cool section on a boat later on that I like. Um... I think that's really fun, and I think that like this this little section where she's really unequipped, they do a good job of like pacing out the combat versus the exploration, so that you're like getting right. more and more items, but like also losing them, going down to like literally having like zero bullets, and then like finding some more. There's like good like gameplay pacing here. So she gets the aquarium, uh, and at this point, I actually forgot that this was like two days previously, and I was expecting to go in to find like Owens body and yeah, stuff yeah, yeah 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 me too but like I was I was like oh of course this this hasn't happened yet um and then she, he's in the boat 
and then they have an altercation where he's like a bit drunk and he wants to get out of there and then he kind of says like a quip of like like oh like do you want me to go and track down the people that killed my parents or whatever or my family like kind of like rubbing it in that she's so focused on revenge and so focused on like survival that she's not stopping to kind of like focus on relationships or love or things like that and then there's just so much tension that they just like they just they just start getting it on right and he just immediately take off her clothes you see her her small boobs right you know she's got a very muscular body looking good and then he just turns her around and just starts going at it he's I told you selfish selfish man selfish yeah yeah very selfish selfish lover yeah. I mean yeah who but, knows but it's like it's like it's like maybe like that's what she, that maybe that's what she wants maybe she wants maybe, like, maybe she wants him to take charge the aggression and yeah. and he knows he knows what she wants yeah, yeah, could be, could be. Yeah, so they go and meet up with. Uh, in the it's in the morning. They wake up. She goes. She has like a horrible flashback. It's like the hospital. Right. She, she kind of has like recurring this, flashbacks of this. The surgery where, but it's Lev and Yara mm-hmm. hanging from a tree. Um. So this is kind of like her, trying to make amends for her guilt and for what she's done to Joel. Um. So she she says later that she she just needed something to make her feel good or to lighten the burden a little bit. Um, so that's why she saved them. So she goes back, and Yara's arm is just fucking just fire horrible. engine red. Yeah, <laughs> just, like almost like unrealistic just... red. It's like <laughs> yeah, I haven't I haven't looked that up, but I would. I don't really I, want to. I would to like. Be with you. I would I would like to see if that was real or not, but I don't really want to look it up. Um, so. We have that. Although, uh, I will so say, again, hospital. playing this, married to a nurse, and the whole medical explanation... I, what, I can't remember what they said. Um, when Sorry, I'm jumping ahead a little bit here. Um, but mm. Jill did say that the description of her injury was medically accurate and that the symptoms uh, were... Again, they were... Everything sounded well informed, which was nice. So good, good. Because she says so, so, need... so often in, you know, hospital shows and you know any medical stuff. I like guess it's yeah. all just garbage. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Glad they got that right. So, at this point, they need to go to the hospital to get clean supplies um, that are sterilized. And there's kind of like this nice twin structure going on, where she's trying to save a little girl who needs surgery, and she then goes into this position where she's like killing all of these people to get the supplies you know yeah. it's not like one to one with Joel but there's like similar story beats to like further their actions and their mm-hmm. motives and stuff um, so we go we go to the buildings right and we find out more evidence that Yara is a trans boy or not Yara sorry Lev is a trans boy um, I I really like that. I really like it. There, uh, he's like, "Did you hear them call me Lily?" And then Abby's like, "Oh yeah." And then he's like, "Oh, do you want me to ask me about it?" And Abby's just like, "No, no, it's okay. Not really." Not so, really. Um, um, this was really interesting because Lev says, "Did you hear what they called me?" And yeah, Abby says yes. And do you, you know. so 
Yeah. Uh, this whole game, I decided for peak screenshots not to play with subtitles. But uh-huh. I also played with headphones the whole time, so I didn't feel like I missed out on much. But I absolutely mm. did miss out on them shouting Lily. Mm. Yeah. So when yeah. he says, uh, did you hear what they called me? I thought that he was referring to them when they were like, there's the apostate. Right? Mm. Mm. So that's what I thought that he was referring to. And right, so... Right. Yeah. So actually, when it comes down to the reveal later, when mm-hmm. Abby and Yara are talking about Lev, and Abby says, yeah. oh, well, I heard them call him Lily. And yeah. then that's, you know, kind of the final reveal. That was the yeah. only reveal to me. And then it was yeah. like, yeah. the the wheels turned. Yeah. 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 So that, yeah. I think it's, I think it's good. I think it's good representation. Just, uh, I was joking about the black people before, uh, but <laughs> good representation all around. Having like a lot of Asian characters, having mm-hmm. like, gay characters, having trans characters, like playing with gender and with sexuality, and like really like normalizing it to an extent with like Ellie and Dina, like being like we're just a normal couple, right? There's no, there's no stereotyping between us. You know, it's not tropey. You know, you, d- you don't feel like any of them are, like, not equal, right? You right. feel like this is just a relationship, just normal. But, like, there's still this element with, like, being trans that's, like, not 100% there. And that's kind of, like, I feel like the, what this game is critiquing with society. That it's, like, okay, society is, like, becoming more ac- accepting, but there's still more to go. Yeah. It's yeah. not like... it's It's not like you can pretend that trans people are fully accepted because they're not yeah. because that is kind of diminishing the prejudice the prejudices that are like put upon them you know um and that's why pride and stuff exists because you know it's this one time where you can be completely yourself and you should be able to be like that uh, but it's not the case for you know the millions of other people who see that as being wrong right and you need to try and combat that in as best way that you can with like education and stuff anyway so I think that that representation really really good yeah. and good critique of society that is still unwilling to accept who people are as well um, and they do a good job with like making it because of religious reasons and stuff like that um, so we have, we have that there which is good and then we have this amazing fucking section with the bridges between these skyscrapers I just I love it I think this is fantastic I think it's just so like you just don't expect it out of the yeah. last of this game you know you don't like this is again the antithesis to like an uncharted climbing section mm-hmm. where it's just she's just absolutely terrified like every so often with Nate you'll get a little bit like oh Jesus this is high yeah. or like something like that but like not crawling on your hands and knees over these yeah. fucking rickety ass things and I won't like I, I just love the bit where She's like, oh, like, I'm totally, like, a badass or whatever. And then Lev's like, you're going to kill me uh, in a second. And she's like, why? And then she's like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> so have to go for another this, one? This was the scene where the... Yeah. It turned. Because <laughs> there's that bit. And then I think I showed you, like, I saved the clip when she's going across the thing. And she's like, yeah. in the middle of this, like, 
beam with nothing around her and Lev's like so what's going on with your friend Owen it's really awkward <laughs> it's, isn't it and her reaction is just so she's like, genuine Lev. just like are you kidding me now Lev really yeah and I love it. I it's love it. so and good she's just she's on that second crane and just all the fog clears at once she's just able to see just literally everywhere how high up she is like yeah. and she's at that point she's walking on the thinnest piece of the structure as well it's just it's it's so cool i really i love it um so they crashed through the window into the pool which was quite lucky uh yes <laughs> that they didn't just die at that point and that there was a pool in there uh so that was good and then i like this little hotel section as well it's it's quite scary it's uh, it's horrible and it's you know i never thought that in the last of us we would get a gauntlet <laughs> but yeah, that's really yeah. what this is like that's almost like a video game trope is like floor after floor of enemies yeah. <laughs> you know and yeah. and here we are we're doing it just in a very yeah. different way and it's really it's quite cool. interesting yeah. it is an interesting little idea i liked i liked the the beginning of it when it's like to get the mask for Lev. Doesn't quite make any sense because yeah. if the mask was just there, there would just be spores in it anyway. So like, yeah, I don't know. But doesn't make sense. But it's nice that like Lev's like, if you die, like I'll be trapped here, and it's it's kind of harrowing. Like the stakes of this gauntlet are like quite high. Uh, so they get down there, then we get to the hospital part where they try to arrest Abby for like skipping out on her like duties or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you just kind of see that, like, the WLF are, like, definite assholes. They don't really care. They just care about the military and being the most dominant in general. And Avi is sort of awakening to, like, this possibility that you don't have to be like that. You don't have to be, like, us versus them. You know, you can be your own person. Mm -hmm. Um, So she breaks out. And then you go down to this fucking... This... (laughs) Absolute... This fucking pit of despair where... This is ground zero for the outbreak in Seattle, uh, and you open all the doors. You get you, you go towards the ambulance. You see this massive, bloody fucking hole in the wall where something is crawled out. So and there's all this stuff. I wanted to ask you about that. Can you go yeah. down like the hole in the wall? You you can go through the door a little bit. You can't go like into the hole, but you can go like. You can go, like, right up to where the hole, the opening Okay, is, okay, because yeah. I, I wasn't sure if you could, and I'm like, that's probably the path you need to go, so I'll go this way first, and then, of course, that was the yeah. right way to go, and I was like, oh, did I miss yeah. going into the hell hole? No, no, you can't. Okay. It, yeah, I know what you mean. It's kind of, it's a bit sort of, like, dead space here or something. It looks like, I, it, it just looks like one of the things that you could, you know, shimmy your way through, and so I... She's like, oh, fuck, I have to go through this. Yeah big disgusting vagina to yes. get to where i want to go no okay no you, you don't do that okay but like, cool because that was like, my biggest that was my biggest regret of this whole game I was like ah, i missed it see my biggest regret was that i didn't see the the bong gas mask until the second playthrough because i <laughs> i knew there was something over there but i lifted up the little jar of joints ah uh, progressed it yeah and so it just continued the game i was like fuck just missed something cool over there but so i did that and you get to the ambulance, you get the items, and then this just fucking horrifying thing, which they've called the Rat King, is just there. It's very and it's dark. Just souls all these clickers. <laughs> it's very Resident Evil, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, it is. 
Shinji Shinji's been making this. But like it it works, you know? And I feel like they've done a really good job of being reserved with the types of zombies yeah. and things. Like especially in this one. Like two bloaters and then basically like clickers are different, but they're basically just all the same sort of like infected. You know, they they run and they click and they screech and they run at you. Yeah. Like that's and they look like people. That's really just it. So to like bring this one out for like a really good set piece, and I just love the visuals of just running in like the darkness with like your torch and like catching little glimpses of it here and there as it like smashes through the walls mm-hmm. and like, and then one of them just like rips off every Ugh. so often. Yeah. Oh, fucking disgusting. It but, is like, because really, really good. You, boss. you know, you think that you know in this pit, this ground zero for twenty five years, right? At some yeah. point, these things are going to evolve or mutate or something. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And that's, you know, what viruses do. So, yeah, it it makes a lot of sense and it's disgusting. It is disgusting. It's really cool. I like, I just like that they've reserved it for, like, special moments Mm -hmm. of just, like, you know, we're not gonna go, there's not gonna be, like, loads of different types of zombies so that they can, like, just hit you with this a big surprise yeah, it's, yeah. it's really really cool um, so you have that um, you get them you get the medicine and shit like the all that stuff they do the surgery on her uh, and then Lev and her have a little fight about their mother that's back on the island where all the seraphites live and then Lev runs off the old dickhead uh, Gets a little boat, little little piece of little piece of shit runs off and leaves them, uh, and yeah. So so you have to go with Yara to get a boat to get to the island, which I was really happy with. I talked talked to you about this earlier, that like I felt like there weren't enough things about the Seraphites. Yeah, and I actually thought what was going to happen was the game wasn't going to be this long, and when you got to Owen and Mel at the aquarium as Ellie, they were going to tell you that she went to the island. And you were just going to go and follow Abby to the island, mm. or something like that. And that would be, like, the end of the game there. Um, so I was actually really glad that this this happened. So before that, you have the little fight with Tommy with the sniper rifle, which is cool. I like it. Yeah. Because um, you're usually kind of on the other end of these sorts of sniper battles, right? Like, mm-hmm. you, it, like, in Call of Duty and stuff, you usually, like, you're sniping another sniper, or, you know, you have the advantage, but, like, you're it's kind of Nice little cat and mouse. And then, you know what? I'm glad Manny died. I don't like him. You didn't like Manny? I don't like him. Do you know what? I'll tell you why. Tell me why. Tell you why. Tell me. Right. Sit down. (laughs) What? (laughs) Uh, This is going to be every time. Every (laughs) time. That's going to be like our new. Every time something says, tell me. Tell me. Uh, Like, Abby kills Joel, right? Abby has an excuse. And we see this excuse played out throughout the whole thing, right? And then she overcomes the excuse and accepts love into her life or forgiveness or whatever. Manny does a very vindictive thing and spits on Joel's dead body and then calls him a pendejo. Mm, He does. Uh, That's a good point. I think that's quite an evil thing to do when you literally have no stake in Abby's cause. Not like first hand. You're just there tagging along. You're just you're just there, and I think that that is like quite a vindictive 
nasty thing to do, right? That's very and so. And there's no real justification to be like, oh, Manny's a good guy. Like Manny, this is why Manny did that. That's just Ma- that's just who Manny is, through and through, right? And he doesn't grow from it. He's yeah. still calling people pendejos and shit. I just I just don't like him. I just thought he was like a sneaky little bastard, and I I didn't like I didn't like that. Well, so I was kind of glad that he died. Yeah, and it was quite sudden and brutal as well. It was <laughs> just like, just that's it. Shot through the head. Uh, so they knock Tommy into the water. He gets away, uh, and then they sail to the island. And I love this. I think this is what also one of my favorite little bits as well. I like I like everything to do with the Seraphites. This is uh, it's just so atmospheric. It's, it's just different. It is completely it's, different tone. It's very different. And this in the at this point in the game, I I had kind of settled into a really good rhythm of when I played mm. Ellie, I was quiet and sneaky and stealthy yeah and when I played Abby literally yeah. guns blazing I just ran in yeah. and just started yeah. I started blasting and it it yeah. was and this was a very long section of <laughs> running out of ammo very quickly I'm sure I'm sure because you still actually do need to be quite sneaky <laughs> yes yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there there were definitely yeah, some moments where it was like, ah, yeah, I'm done here. I'm you're moving like, on. I'm gonna die. You're like Rory, like just because Abby has bigger muscles than Ellie doesn't mean that Abby's invincible. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. Like, yeah, she'll be the one to I just know. go in. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, look at the shape of it. Uh, she's she's bigger. She's bigger than her. Uh, just it just felt like a completely different game. It's just it kind of felt like a history game or something like that. Yeah, uh, it, which yeah, actually, it was just. Like a game that was in a historical, like a Viking setting or something, mm-hmm. or medieval or something, something like that. Um, I just thought it was very interesting, and like that, the scene with the section with like the cornfield, um, really, really good. And you just, I like the little moment of what, uh, as well, with like the the space needle that we talked about before, yeah. like that they were really reserved with not using it, and like you don't even you don't get up close to it or anything. You just see it like shrouded in fog in the distance. And then Abby's like, oh, it's beside the Space Needle. And Lev's like, what? or Yara's like, what? And she's like, the big tar or whatever. Like, <laughs> like they do not they do not have access to what life was before. Yeah. Um, which is interesting. So they do that. They fight their way through. They find, uh, they find uh, Lev, who's in the corner. And you know what? I'm going to call bullshit on Lev's little story that, she fe- that their mom fell and hit her head on the table because there's no table around where Lev where where the body is, sorry. There's no table. Does she's he say by, that? She's by the fire. He says she fell and hit her head on the table. But there's no table there. She's lying like up against the fire pit, I guess, like on some logs. She's not at a table. Um so I don't know if that's just a mistake or if like Lev actually hit her or something like that. I um hmm. I I don't know if I interpreted that differently or got something completely different for some reason because I got that Lev went back there and the mom was not okay with Lev and he just ganked her (laughs) like Mm. I didn't think there was any subtext to it so I don't know I think I think I I thought Lev said she attacked him yeah, she attacked him, and then he tried to get away, and then she fell and hit her head on the table, is what he says. Uh. Hmm. Yeah. So, 
that's there's a, there's another bit like that, right? Doesn't he have like blood like, on his hand? I just hit. I don't know. Like I don't literally, know. I, don't I, know. I I don't know. I can't remember. I don't know, but that, he says that she hit her head on the table anyway. There's a bit as well. This is this is when it's way way before, like when Ali goes back to the boat with Owen, and he says that he has a confrontation with a Seraphite. And right. he's like, he's like, I, I hit him. He's like, I hit him really hard. Like, like you hit people hard all the time in the game. But like, this is a moment of like, fuck, I didn't mean to hit this person that hard. And he's like, I looked down at him and he was like old and he was tired. And ready, he says, right? And he was ready. Yeah. And like, that's just such a powerful, like little set of quotes there of just like, Jesus Christ, these people are like, they're, they're, I don't know, they're just fighting like in the mud for survival and they're all the same, they're all just humans, like they come from the same place and they have, they could have the same existence if they would just let each other, um, I just really, I really, really like that and it kind of reminded me of this as well, where Lev's like, I, she hit her head on the table, like, you know, she didn't have to, just, it's just this brutality that like just nobody can seem to escape from um so then the wlf they're attacking Mm -hmm. uh and we get uh what's his name what's jeffrey called jeffrey wright (laughs) jeffrey wright we get jeffrey wright coming in and he they shoot yara this is horrible it's horrible, yeah. It just really shoots her. And then I think Abby's pointing the gun at them. Yeah. And then Yara's not dead. Yara shoots Jeffrey. And then all of them just start just hitting Yara with bullets. Yeah, it's sad. It's sad because Lev went to the island to save the mom who then died and then caused his sister's death yeah. as well. Uh, it's sad. But then the whole the whole main town that they have on the island is on fire and you just see all this amazing smoke and flames in the distance and it's it's really some really cool set pieces here like running through on the horse and stuff through the fields yeah. and it's like it kind of mirrors Joel's little run through the like the cornfields or whatever at the start of the game it's kind of like this like contrast to like the serenity of that with this like absolute horror and like despair mm-hmm. right so you have that and then you have this really awesome boss fight at the end of this section with oh, this this massive seraphite. It's disgusting. I hate. Oh, this. it's horrible. Just cut through just his like ripping cheek. his face off. And I'm like, and there's just, no life after this, is there? If you win, dangling. This, just there's no life for you. No, it's it's exactly like that Resident Evil two bit where Leon like pulls the zombie's head up and all the cheek is just gone, just, gone. just like flayed off. It's horrible. So they do that. And they just leave, and it's just like I don't know. It's just really somber tone, it isn't is it? This, it's just it, it, it's this like again we've we've focused so much on these two people who have become really important to us while this literal war is happening. Yeah, and it's just like how many yeah. Abbeys have died? How many Levs have died? Yeah, right. How yeah. many? And I do. How many people? Do we have to see get killed over nothing? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, you know, yeah. And I do like their relationship a lot. I think they're good characters that work well together. There's, there's the really, there's a really important bit um, where, and we kind of talked about, you know, 
Abby being by herself, you know, and finding comfort in that, I think, and not really needing other people. Right? Yeah. And and this is right after Yara dies and and Lev goes, you know, those are your people. And Abby yeah. goes, no, you're <coughs> my people. Yeah. That is and good. that's really, that is really special, good. I think. Yeah. She's she's kind of learned that I, I don't know. It's like I don't know. Family is like who you make it. Right. Sort of, sides sort of sides don't matter. They don't right? matter. Yeah, yeah. They don't matter. It's like who's close to you and who you find along the way, which is the same as Joel and Ellie. Like, yeah, Joel and Ellie, exactly. like, we're basically nothing to each other, you know? And, yeah, parallels their relationship quite well. So, they go back. She finds Owen and Mel's bodies. She has a little... She's a bit sick there. Mm-hmm. And then just devastated. And in a kind of stupid move, again, Ellie leaves the map with their exact location Come right on, beside Ellie. their dead bodies. Which yeah, you can't be serious, Ellie. Uh, so then we get them. They go to the theater. All that stuff happens before they shoot Jesse. Uh, and now we see Tommy getting shot in the face at this point, where you're like absolutely horrified at this point. <laughs> Just terrible. Just terrible. And then at this point, you're like, when are we going to switch back? Yeah, I know. And guess what, Scott? You don't. You don't switch back. <laughs> and you keep. And you have to fight the girl that you actually prefer. And it's horrible. And there's no option to just stand and let Abby get shot to death. No. Because I've tried it. It doesn't doesn't happen. Uh, I also tried earlier on, as her, if I could just throw Abby off the building at one point. And (laughs) just end the game there. Just done. (laughs) Done. You can't do that either. Uh, And the most horrible bit is when Abby defeats her. And Dina gets shot through the shoulder. And then she's just pummeling her. And this is the point where my hand... I was looking at the screen between my fingers of, like, when she has her and she has the knife to her throat. Yeah. Just horrible. You're just horrified. that, And I don't think I've ever had, like, a video game where you play as the protagonist slash antagonist and then you're going to kill one of the other protagonists. I know. It's insane. That you've come to really love. It's insane. Who's a a pregnant woman. This, This moment is just unlike anything else that a video game has ever allowed you to do yeah I think I think it's it's very powerful it's bits like this it's scenes like this where in however many years yeah people are gonna do people are gonna do this now other games are gonna do this you know they're gonna be playing with perspective I think yeah we're gonna we're gonna have Master Chief as the final boss or something stupid right um yeah and (laughs) we're going to see it as such an interesting storytelling technique. Yeah. That absolutely. You know, it's, it's not like the protagonist has gone bad or something like that. Not, you know, it's just no. different. And I hated this. I hated it. Yeah. Because it's, because like, again, you can kind of be like, oh, well, she just killed Jesse. She's the bad guy. But like Ellie has literally just killed who's potentially, like, the love of her life. Like, Ellie's just killed her Dina, basically. Right. And so, and a pregnant it, woman. And that's the thing, is you have both of these people who are both simultaneously people that you root for, but yeah. have, you know have done horrible things. And so yeah. it's like, well, what do you want here, right? 
what do you want yeah yeah what do you do what do you do with this who do you side with like and of course and ellie's <laughs> abilities in the in the in the fight here mirror the the uh abilities that you have given her throughout the game you've given her so yeah. it's, uh, I, don't know. I will tell you i had a really hard time the second time doing this i, I had a f- I, the first time I did it quite easily, and the second time it took me so fucking long that I was like, I was like, oh shit, Ellie can, Ellie can leave traps. Yeah. And I didn't even get that. I didn't even get that the first time. Yeah. I did I, it like quite I, easily. I found myself getting very frustrated. I died. So, up until this point in the game, I had died three times. Yeah. And that's it. The same for me. And I probably died. Notwithstanding the. Five. suicide attempts that I made with Abby. Yes. <laughs> there were a couple. There were a couple. Oh, I'll just drop down this ledge. Oh, nope, that's a death. <laughs> I actually died three times. Uh, I probably died yeah. five or six times in this fight, and I was getting really annoyed because I told yeah. you last time we talked about it that deaths in this game really take me out of it. And, yeah, I, know and I felt, in you know, if, gets... in this instance of all, that... If yeah. you die, it should have led to, uh, you know, there should have been, I know the story follows a certain path yeah. and that they want you to take that path, but there's still a way to get to that same yeah. end point depending yeah. on how this yeah. fight goes. Yeah, You kinda, know what I mean? It kind of makes it feel a bit silly or something if you keep dying over and over again. Yeah. Like it's a bit ridiculous. So I died several times and I did get, the, probably the way that this fight plays out is my and I don't mean that of course that you're fighting Ellie in this fight just that there's yeah. the only way out is to beat it the one way that's my yeah. biggest complaint with this game yeah yeah fair enough so uh yeah Abby tells Ellie that she doesn't want to see her ever again and then Lev stops her and then they just leave um, and then Ellie is obviously probably very worried that Dean is dead and that Tommy's dead and that she's alone now the um, that's, end that's horrifying <laughs> yep nope 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 uh, so back back in reality you have a little house Ellie has a house with Dina you got little baby JJ there uh, there's some cute little bits and pieces here with the lambs and like Ellie carves JJ's name into the the tree and stuff. When JJ has really good jammies on, by the way. I like them a lot. Does have good little jammies. I think they yeah. have little dinos uh, on them, so there you go. Yeah, they're good. There you um, go. Got her fucking dinosaurs. I was so uh, genuinely, genuinely terrified during this scene that I was yeah. going to walk back to the house and find Dina just just like splatted on the wall by someone. Yeah, yeah. And I yeah. honestly <laughs> like this game isn't one that scared me very often. Yeah, the hospital notwithstanding. Yeah. But this bit, just wa- every time you have to yeah. walk back to this house, I'm like, oh no, 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 not like this. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I like bad. this little section. It's, it's nice. It's idyllic. It is. It's peaceful. This is this is some more cans of peaches or jars of peaches here, um, and it's. It's a pretty good little setup, as Susie said as she was watching me play this. She pretty much watched me play like the whole, for most of the second playthrough that I did, mm-hmm. uh, and she was like, "I would build in that fence higher." I'm like, "Yep, yeah, probably, <laughs> probably," because because like P 
people could probably climb over that quite easily. Maybe not clickers or whatever, mm-hmm. but like humans could. Um, so we have uh, the. She goes to collect the lambs and stuff, right? And then obviously she has that PTSD flashback when the shovels yeah. fall over, which is just horrible, horrifying, but brilliant as well. And this time, like, Joel is shouting, Ellie, help me. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's just still gripped by her desire for revenge. Um, and, you, you, like, you can feel it pulling her towards Abby. Uh, and then, similarly, like, the next day or whatever, maybe it's some time passes. And she is, uh, she's with, um, or she's, like, out hunting, isn't she? And she picks up some ferrets, and it's kind of a bit sort of, or maybe it's a rabbit, something like that. But it's kind of like this, this emphasis on like blood and violence. Yeah. Still, you know, yeah. it's she, it's like she kind of struggles like picking the rabbits up or whatever. Um, and she brings it back to the house. There's a horse there, and then Tommy's there. Tommy didn't die. Good. Tommy's but, all right, except he's like a Tommy. massive dickhead apparently. He's a dickhead now, yeah. He's a he's a piece of shit, and he has this like one of like the most like realistic fights, like arguments. Mm-hmm. Like I could, like I could just see this like he like he he basically he wants to go find Abby because Marie has left him and he's obviously feels like he has no one now and he's kind of like lost it a little bit, right? Yeah, he's probably feeling similar to Ellie, um, but like more aggressively. And he's uh, like, he says something. He's like, "Oh, it must be easy for you guys, like sitting up here, like all safe, you know." While I'm down there, like ironically, because like Jackson is like probably the safest place for them to be. Yeah. Um, but he's like completely like um, taken over by his rage and his um, desire for revenge. And then Tina goes on. And she's like, "She's like, what the fuck was that? Like, I don't want that yeah. like in my house or whatever." And he's like, "This is just typical of you," and like all this sort of stuff. Uh, just really like bitchy, is he? He's an old Pissed bitch. Pissed off, Tommy. Yeah, honestly, yeah, I know. And that's that's the last sort of image that we see of him. Yeah, uh, which is a bit sad. It's quite sad. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, yeah, but at least he's not dead. I'm glad. I'd rather that he was an old bitch than yes, dead. Yes, that's um, true. I'm glad he's okay. Yeah, because he could. Yeah, maybe they can come around later in the future. Uh, so Ellie sneaks away in the middle of the night. Dina tells her that she doesn't have to go because. They have a family, which is heartbreaking. I right? hate this. Bad I level. hate this so much. She just, she just, she's holding on to her, and then Ellie just breaks free and just walks out the door without even turning around. <sighs> That's that. And then we cut to Lev and uh, Abby. They're in California looking for the fireflies. They kill some clickers. They go into like a basement, and then they speak to someone who's a firefly, quote unquote, on the radio. Which more like a liar I, fly? Am I right? Liar fly, a liar lie, <laughs> uh, and I like. I guess that they have just been planting the seeds of the fake fireflies so that they can capture people. Yeah, I kind of get that as like the reading because the guy on the radio does say go to the big dome building. Yeah, which is obviously like the the place at the end of the game. Uh, so they have just been doing this, and then, as I said before, these Trump supporter motherfuckers. Yeah, no kidding. You could see, like, these especially this big cunt with the tattoos and the sunglasses the on, ponytail, cut off jorts, <sighs> mofo. These arseholes. 
this is oh, this is why I stopped playing the Division Two partly because all the <laughs> characters in it look like they're Trump supporters, and I was just like, this is just like one massive like male fantasy, isn't it? Just to yeah. fucking like be walking around the apocalypse, shooting people and like taking advantage of others and like these are these are the neo Nazis, right? They are hundred percent. Uh, these are like you haven't maybe seen it, but at the end of Breaking Bad, uh, like the last sort of final season is about like neo Nazis and they kind of like take some people hostage and stuff like that i would imagine it would be kind of inspired by by that season a little bit as well uh so ellie finds their boat which i'm not sure is this owen's boat i that's what i got from it okay i did i the first time around i thought it was just one that they find and they were living in because the sails are all fucked up on it right so I wasn't sure if, like, oh, this boat's been here for a while, you know. Or, I guess they could have had the boat damaged right. at some point, and maybe it was shipwrecked, but I don't know. Um, I'm not really sure. Anyway, Ellie makes her way through. She has the worst fucking luck on this tree that, like, slams right into her side Ugh. when yeah. she's tied up. Horrible. Actually Horrible. She passes out, and then she wakes up, and all the blood is, like, dripped down her shirt and her face and everything. And then the fucking Guy Fieri motherfuckers have found her, right? (laughs) And... Yeah. She leads... She leads this little bitch one into... This is good. This is a good little... Yeah. Takes a bite. He's getting eaten, and then she takes the gun off him and shoots Guy Fieri, and he falls down... Uh, you know who he looks like? He looks like what's the guy? The look- other guy from Tiger King. Yeah, Doc Antle, like yeah. Doc Antle, yeah. Or like yeah. Dog the Bounty Hunter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. He does. He looks like he looks like Dog and Dog Antle, yeah. Yeah. Dog Antle. Dog Antle. Um, yeah, he does look like him. Uh, gets the information out of him where Abby is, and then she just fucking blows him away. Just um, blacks him. Yeah. Yeah kills him and then this bit's good i enjoyed killing these guys i think i feel like this was fun i feel uh, like this was the only around. this point this next stretch this is yeah. the only time where you're killing people and you're like yep they deserve it yeah. <laughs> you deserve they this deserve it. yeah it's the same with the cannibals in the first one yeah like those guys they deserve it um so working through they're tormenting some like runners and clickers that they've got tied up and you can kind of like let them free and sort of let them attack these neo-nazi fucks right you can do that for a little bit uh and then eventually you make your way through you free all the slaves that they've got i never really i was kind of a bit confused as to like what they were doing like you don't really get a lot of context for what these guys the rattlers are doing with the people and i guess it's just they're like making them do labor and stuff I guess. I kind of looked at you know? it as like, just like stupid gladiator matches and just, oh, yeah, fight the mm. fight the clicker and then you get turned mm. if you lose. Mm. And then yeah. we have another one yeah. to fight. Could be. Could be, yeah. Could be. Because um, I guess they they were happy when they found out that Abby had like, was strong. Yeah. They were, they were like, oh, look at this one. Look at the arms on this one or whatever. Uh, so maybe. Yeah. That's, I, that's the read I, I took I on it at least, so. I guess I kind of thought because they had like loads of plants and like crops and stuff mm. that I kind of thought, oh, maybe they're like making them work in fields or something like that. Kind of like, 
I guess that's, we're calling these guys neo-Nazis, then like they've kind of reinstated slavery right. again. So I could yeah, see could them be. Yeah. using them for manual stuff. Yeah, whatever. So she frees them. Uh, it's a weird little bit where she, so she got bit before, and then like they want to kill her because she got bit. But I don't, I don't know how they would have noticed that like on her hand immediately. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. It's weird, weird little section where, and then one of the slaves, he's like, oh, "I'll just let her go or whatever." So she goes, says that Abby has been taken to the pillars. Is that what they call it? Yes. Something like that, which turns out to be fucking horrifying. It's disgusting. That, they're basically kind of like crucifying people that I guess maybe just didn't do what they wanted them to do. Yeah. There's one, first of all, that like you go up to and you think that it's Abby because she's got a braid, but it's not her. And it kind of just heightens like how different Abby looks. Like she's so skinny, like mm-hmm. all of her muscles wasted away. They've cut her hair. And then Lav is like similar, like just absolutely disheveled. And then Ellie like lets them down, which is an interesting choice. Yeah. Um, instead of just shooting them or something right like right away. And that's where like um, this then, whole this whole bit leading up, like the next minute, two minutes, there's this yeah. like just this uncertain tension, right? Of like Yeah, you're like, what's gonna happen? What's your final like you have the last move here, Ellie. Like what are you going to do? What are you gonna do? And then she does pretty horrible thing of like Abby doesn't want to fight her. Abby just wants to get away. Yeah. Abby's done, basically. Abby's like Owen now. You mm-hmm. know, she's seen. She's kind of seen the hatred of mankind and is like, no, no more, basically. And then Ellie threatens to kill Lev if she doesn't fight her, um, which is a pretty horrible. I'm thing shaking to do. my head. I'm shaking my head. Shaking. And then they have a fight in the water. Uh, it's pretty fucking horrible. Ooh, like you, yeah. you feel in this scene the way you felt when you were Abby hitting Ellie before mm-hmm. like you feel like but now you're the person that you love the most right <coughs> you know you're playing as the primary protagonist this time but you but what's so interesting what's so what interesting is is you want her to stop you want her to stop right yeah. before you're yeah. like I don't want to fight Ellie like that's I, I don't want to do this this is ridiculous and now you and want you're like Ellie I don't want to stop. fight Abby yeah yeah it is it's very very interesting um so you do that at one point. So she's holding her under the water. Abby bites her fingers off. It's kind of this. This fight is kind of like Metal Gear Solid Four at the end. It's a bit like that. It is, yeah. You're kind of tired. Like it's like it's over. It's over you know, with like, both of them. They're like, what are they? The yeah. fighting is done. Same with Snake and Ocelot at mm-hmm. the end of Four. It's just like these two guys that have like literally nothing left. And they're just barely even hitting each other at, at the end. Um, so yeah, they're doing that. Bites off the fingers, and then Ellie's holding her under the water. And then this is great. She just sees like a little flash of Joel just on the porch, like literally with his guitar in the happiest position that he could ever be. You know, and just she lets go of Abby, and I guess she just lets go because she, she sees that there's something like in humanity worth keeping hold of like it's well it's, like it's love and relationships it's so interesting is worth because worth fighting for yeah i think i i don't want to talk about that scene too too much so maybe let's loop back to this you know her letting abby yeah. up and okay. letting her go 
So, Abby goes off, and that's it. I'm sure there's, like, a little moment in Ellie of, like, I've done all this, and she's just gone, and I will never see her again. Like, that's... That's it, you know? I'm sure there was a little moment of regret there, of, like, she's gone, and I've done this for nothing, and I've wasted... I've wasted so much time when I didn't even need to do this. I know, you you Um, imagined that... She's obviously exhausted, and she's beaten, and she's lost her fingers. And, you know, she's sitting in the ocean looking at nothing, right? And so, you know, she's obviously exhausted. But you have to imagine that she's contemplating, like, I've been on this now, again, however long, you know, months, for sure. She's been out, and, you know, she's given up Dina, and she's given up JJ for what right like for nothing nothing but i guess she's learned she but that's the important thing is yeah you know it seems like nothing but actually it's everything it's everything right you need to hit the bottom before you can yes because as as our friend alfred (laughs) has told us sometimes it's darkest before the dawn right because this that's, is this is where the game That's what Michael Kane said. This is where it changes. This is when you realize <laughs> that this game on the surface is a game about revenge, right? But yeah. that's not what the game is about. No. And that's what the dummies think the game is about. Yes. And then that's why they're disappointed that you don't get revenge. But what it's really about is finding what ties people together mm-hmm. and what is like the essential core of like humans right yeah. which is connections and love and interesting interesting little thread that I think PlayStation has been exploring quite a lot with yes. God of War and with Death Stranding even um, like connection is very important mm-hmm. right and even though the world is a shit place being able to find links between humans is what's most important mm-hmm. and Ellie sees that and understands that that's what Joel felt yeah. as well and Joel, even though he's dead, kind of teaches that to Ellie, mm-hmm. right? So, we have that uh, and then does it just Ellie Ellie goes back to the house and then she picks up the guitar she can't play it because her fingers are gone which is, well, you know, after, something that she's... After this, we we have the scene with Joel before that No, I we have... It, it, I thought on my second oh, maybe, maybe it she goes does. to the house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I thought, I thought, oh, that's weird. Is it just going to end? But then she plays the guitar, and then it cuts to Joel. We get one more flash, and then that, it cuts, yeah. and then it cuts back again to the present or whatever. Yeah. Um, so we go to Joel. We have this conversation, which is just hard. Oh, we've skipped the bit where they have the dance. We did. I don't. I don't think in. That's all right. It's it's fine. All that just gives us a bit more context into. So they have the dance. Yeah. Joel pushes Seth out of the way for uh, calling Ellie and Dina a bad word, and Ellie tells him to fuck off or whatever, basically for like helping because she's still not completely fine around him, and is sick of being coddled by him as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she goes to him. He's drinking coffee, and she says, "I was supposed to die there, and if I died there." Uh, I would have had fulfilled my purpose or whatever, and you stopped me from doing that. And he says that if God gave him another chance, he would do the exact same thing over and over again. But, and then she tells him that she doesn't forgive him, but she wants to try. Um, 
and there's just like you said just the little tears in his eyes mm-hmm. as he's like he's like okay okay and then she's like I'll see you around and he's just so close just breaking down isn't he just so close and that's just that's just the last scene that we get with him that's it and and that that scene is so important it ties everything together because yeah, I think and that's why when Ellie is drowning Abby and we see this flashback to him on the porch that's what I think is she's remembering is you know she's spent these years or year whatever it is how yeah. long being unable to forgive Joel for what he yeah. did and yeah. I think that this is when she lets Abby go I think that's the moment I think that's when she realizes yeah. how yeah. important that choice that he made is Yeah, and that he made it for himself but he made it for her yeah. and that when yeah. she is in that same position to make a similar choice yeah she can be better yeah and she exactly it's like and she is she needs to it's 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 almost like he he lets her live so that she can grow as a person mm-hmm. as what well, like so that her ability to grow and forgive and love doesn't end with her on an operating table like she's yeah. able to like be her own person and like even Abby is able to teach her that Abby is resigned to like forgiveness and to moving on yeah. even before Ellie is you know what I mean like I mean, like Abby gets over it and Abby's done with everything and that's and I that think story. that's one of the most interesting things is that this character that we're supposed to hate is the more compassionate of the two and she learns before Ellie learns mm-hmm. um yeah and yeah so Joel kind of yeah like we said before like it's 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 horrible like the feeling of doing something doing the worst thing imaginable so that you save someone that you love and then they hate you because of it yeah and then you're just stuck with that that's what you wanted and you're receiving none of the positives from that but that he really. but that knowing the consequences of that that he would do it again yeah you would do it again that's because you you said something a couple weeks ago which is that to Joel it's better that Ellie is alive and hates him yeah than that she's gone so yeah exactly exactly I'm sure that a lot of people would feel that way um and it's a difficult it's a difficult emotion to to feel you know yeah it's a difficult one to process that you would rather like I don't know, you'd rather, like, give something up to make yourself unhappy than have someone else be unhappy. Like, it's, that's yeah. difficult to not be selfish in something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's able to do it. And I, like, I think he made a choice that I would probably make. Yeah. And I'm sure he made a choice that you would make as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, doesn't make it the morally correct one. No. You know? But personally, yeah. If it was that type of situation, you would do that. Uh, so yeah so we have that and then Ellie just leaves the guitar there and then just walks off walks away to an uncertain future yep and that's the game the end and that's then it. we get what some a game. wonderful credits wonderful music really good yeah 
Really, really good. I thought you would like that. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, good. yeah, really, really amazing game. Really love it. Um, definitely one of the most complex and thoughtful games that I've ever played. Up there, up there with Red Dead Redemption Two in terms of its story. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's the thing. You know, as a video game, it doesn't yeah. break a lot of new ground. Right? No, like. But good little changes here and there. Like I sure. like being able to being able to crawl's good. Being able to like break windows for the use of like puzzles and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Like I thought there was some like cool little in- innovative things in there. But like it's I think that the I, I said before the problem is that the first game's combat and like exploration is so good yeah. that they just had to basically do that again. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's minute but to minute gameplay story, is nothing yeah. revolutionary, nothing novel, but it's. When you're yeah. able to tell such a massive story in such a yeah. an impactful and yeah. yeah, there's a word I'm looking for. I, I I can't place it, but just just the way that it yeah. it's layered it's poignant, and it? it's not it's not for everyone, is it? People aren't there. No. Yeah. Clearly. Clearly. Which is, you know frustrating that misguided social it's frustrating that the the people who need to hear this message the most are the ones that are deaf to it yeah well it's difficult to look at your insecurities face on isn't it yeah yeah (laughs) so so. yeah yeah uh and that's i guess what the game is also about yeah (laughs) um but yeah brilliant game really good really good okay any final thoughts any other thoughts no i think it's like I said, I haven't stopped thinking about it. I've thought about it almost every day since I finished it. And Good. I think I probably will do another go. Um, you should. You should try and get the platinum. Yeah. That'd be fun. Yeah, I might do that. Because I, I enjoyed it the second time around more. I will say that. I'll say that. Okay. So, quick. Quick to squishkins. <laughs> right. I can't believe I can after a three-hour podcast, you're still... We're still going. You're still sticking still to going. it. At 4.05 a.m., no less, uh, <laughs> for the listeners at home. Uh, so I'm just going to do two, right? Great I've time. just decided to make a folder of these on my phone, and every time I see a game, I'll just <laughs> stick stick them in there, Great idea. basically. And then I'll just I'll, I'll go in every so often and pull them out. All right. This is a segment on the show where I read out a Switch game description. And it doesn't necessarily mean that the game's bad, although some of them that we'll probably talk about next week that I've already got will be bad games they look terrible but it's more that the description is bad and you know maybe the game's great maybe the game's 10 out of 10 but the description fucking sucks alright which doesn't make me want to buy it in any way okay so the first one is (laughs) Grease Aya Phantom Trigger 03 which (laughs) excuse me (laughs) sounds great as the girls from Mihama Academy strike into the heat of the jungle, here comes the third installment in the Grisea Phantom Trigger series. Several years after Yuji Kasama and his friends fought for their lives in a fierce battle, a new generation of heroines gather at Mihama Academy, which has been reinstated as a specialist training school, taking place in the same world as the Fruit of Grisea. I knew you were looking forward to more games set in the world of that. 
new characters bring an exciting fresh take in the third story of this brand new series. The thrilling story which unfolds at the reborn Mihama Academy will undoubtedly excite not only those who have played previous releases, but those who are new to the series as well. There you go. There you go. Perfect for old and new fans. It's available in three languages. <laughs> the text can be set to Japanese, English, or simplified Chinese, but the audio is Japanese only. Great. Uh, this this includes in-game text options and the digital manual. <laughs> language so. settings can be language settings can be changed at any time. Play using the touch screen. Play with one hand. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, good. One-handed gameplay. I love this genre that I've discovered. <laughs> it's really good. One-handed genre. Play in handheld mode with the Nintendo Switch Joy-Con controllers attached, or detach them and play with just the touch controls. While the tabletop mode, or <laughs> Jesus Christ, while in tabletop mode or TV mode, everything can be controlled using only the Joy-Con right, allowing you to play with only one hand. <laughs> also available for the Nintendo Switch Lite, a separate Joy-Con is required to play with one hand. <laughs> <laughs> Really We're not even in yet. <laughs> We're talking about wanking. wanking. Duh, wanking. <laughs> Love it. Love it. We're not even into the fucking summary of the story yet. <laughs> While Rena and Mackie recover from their injuries, the other sword members jet off overseas for a school trip. Within moments of their arrival, though, the Mahima gang are pulled into a manhunt for a sword deserter, assisted by students Sylvia and Velvet of St. Ailes International School. Toka, the star the star of the show this time round. What? Toka's the star of the show this time round, but she's wrestling with her own issues, old memories of her parents, and a promise from a friend that she wasn't able to keep. You're right. There's a reason we need to get back, even if it means crawling home on our hands and knees. Wink. Uh, let's meet up again someday, if we're still alive, and introducing Sengoku Yami, Sengoku Ichiru's brother and handler at St. Ailes. If taking her in alive is too much of a challenge, just get rid of her. I don't give a damn. I simply want to see this mess cleared up. What answers will Toka find? She has the truth in her sights. Gameplay. Fuck me. Gameplay. It's a visual novel in which you don't need to make any choices. So you can just... So what the fuck are you doing? Just watching it. It's just a, a manga then. Just pressing A. So you can enjoy the story. Like you would when watching a movie or reading a book. Or wanking. The story comes to life with this wanking. The story, or wanking. The story, or watching pornography. The story comes to life with a star-studded voice cast. I doubt it. And fully voiced story. I doubt it. Doubt. Excluding <laughs> the main character. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, barely any, barely any of them. Gorgeous graphics and music, and immersive animation. <laughs> I usually read all the names out, but I'm not going to bother. Don't, I'm not don't bother do it this time. I love that. It's like, do you get it? It's about fucking wanking. Why you read it? Is, all right. My, well, my, is, I'll just say this. My favorite point is, uh, say, is it's going to excite not only those who played the previous releases but who are new to the series as well. And then this summary just has names and quotes so of people that we are expected complex. to know and no thank you. I don't know how you would ever jump into this game as a new player. It sounds complicated as fuck. My favorite is if you have 
uh, Switch Lite, you have to buy another <laughs> Joy-Con to wipe. one handed. <laughs> but why? Is there no touchscreen on the... I don't uh, know. Yeah, there must be. Switch Lite? Well, then you can. I guess so, you? yeah. I guess for Weird, true dedicated one-hand mode, though. I suppose. Hands to your side. Yeah, that's One right. hand on the Joy-Con, one hand on your dick. Yeah, that's right. Right. <laughs> right, second game. Kukuro Days. All one word. The appearance of a lady knight reincarnated from another world turns a mundane everyday life upside down. <laughs> in this love adventure game set in Akihabara, you can enjoy living together with a lady knight. It's a little serious, a little sad, and a little sexy, but most of all, it's fun. <laughs> I like that. I like that. The main character's mundane daily life is turned upside down when a certain moment appears in his life. One day, a magic circle suddenly appears in the main character's room, out of which materializes an injured woman. Jesus Christ. <laughs> one, I know. One day, boring life. Something happens. It's a woman. Did you know a woman appears in his life? It's a magic. It's a weird magical woman. <laughs> character's room, out of which materializes an injured woman holding a sword and clothed in knight's armor. This woman's name is Catalea. She claims to have been reincarnated from another world. Until she finds a way to return to her own world, she will be an unexpected guest at the main character's home. Great. Will Catalea be able to safely return to her own world, or could her fate take another turn? One-handed. One-handed turn, Il- probably. Keep in mind, uh, apparently the illustration was done by Waluigi. Oh, good. There. Right. Very important. Very important detail to add, I would say. So... Those are the descriptions for this week. A double, a double one-handed episode. Double one-handed episode. Yeah, yeah. Two-handed, if you will. Ah, <laughs> uh, very good. Uh, do you have a goosebumps walk away for this week? Uh, I watched uh, Kiki's Delivery Service. Oh, good. Which is one of my very, very favorite films, and I watched it again and it's just an absolute joy to watch this film it's I love good. it love it loved all the stuff in Japan when I was there uh, last year got little got little GG they fucking love it over there they love this film they love it they do can't, can't move in a shop for little black cats and little witch witches with bows I just love that this movie is just it's just quite gentle yeah it is and it has no it has no antagonist and the only antagonist is just like Kiki's conflict with like a does she want to like follow tradition and work herself to death? It's kind of like Princess and the Frog, or like does she, does she want to just be a kid and like have fun? Mm-hmm. You know, like, like her central conflict is the antagonist, and I just I really like that. I like the voice cast, and just like the end credits of the movie, it's just like just her with all of her friends and everything's just worked out nicely. It's and it's just I don't know, it's just made me feel really good watching it. Yeah, it's great. This was the first Miyazaki film that I saw. And oh. I saw it when it was brand new, and I remember renting it a lot on VHS. Oh, okay. So 19, 1989, or 98, sorry. Uh, Phil Hartman, the second dubbed voice of uh, GG, this was released posthumously uh, after he was shot by his wife in May oh. of that year, and the film came out in July. Oh, dear. Uh yeah, I like him as a couple of voices in The Simpsons, and a lot of people agree that mm. when he died, The Simpsons quality went downhill quite a lot. Like oh, after really? like season nine, yeah, and I think a lot of that is attributed to him because I feel like he he's Troy McClure 
and Lionel Hutz, the lawyer, okay. and like a few other ones as well. So he's like not like a super main character, but like right. some like his characters are really great when they're in it. And I feel like he contributed a lot to like the writing and stuff maybe. So I think yeah, took a bit of a dive after he died, uh, which is a shame. But he's ama- he's really really amazing as Gigi in this, I think. Hmm, cool. Yeah. Very good. Awesome. Um mine is uh very brief. Uh I went back this week um so I think I told you a week or two ago I traded in my PS4 Pro so I could get some mm-hmm. cash towards the PS5. Um so I just have my some dollars. Yeah, so I just have my Slim which uh was the secondary one and that I hadn't like installed or done anything with the games on it for a long time. Uh and so mm-hmm. the most recently played game up until I finished Last of Us was Hyperlight Drifter. Um, oh yes. So I got back into that. I never finished it. That is a really, really good game. Um, yeah. The, I think I actually was talking about it a couple weeks ago when we were talking about, you know, pixel art uh, indies and how cool it is to have like a, uh, a game that looks retro but is like running, running really smooth at a nice like sixty frames per second and it's just yeah. really slick. And this is perfect. Um, you know, if I think the the dev uh, they he had a new announcement Teddy Deef did at the during the Sony conference uh, the PS5 conference mm. so that's good yeah. Um, but yeah he, cool. he said that this is uh, highly inspired by A Link to the Past and Diablo 2 so um, if something like that feels like something nice. you'd like then uh, yeah it's I mean really really good it's on my it's on my Switch wish list. So when it goes on sale at some point, I'll I'll play it. Yeah, it's great, it, and it's hard as well. Yeah. It's challenging. So cool. Yeah, cool. That sounds nice. Okay, that is it. So that's the podcast for, for this a week. Three hour podcast. Uh, thank you, Bumper, for listening. Um, hope you enjoyed our discussion because clearly we both love that game very much. We did. Jesus Christ, I'm tired. Good. You go, go to sleep. Go to bed. You go to sleep. Off to off to sleep one. I hope a clicker doesn't get me in the night. <laughs> I hope. I'll I tell hope, you. I'll I tell hope. you what I do. Good. Right. Let me tell you what I do. So, I don't have a, a lock on the inside of my room. I I'm usually I'm fine. But sometimes just as like extra safety because I I don't know. It's, sometimes it's nice to just have like an extra door locked. Sure. You know. Sure. But I don't have one. So what I do is I have a doorstop and I put it in the door from the inside mm. so that like. If somebody's pushing on that door, I can hear them really struggling to open it. Right. Because the the resistance on that doorstop is just 10 out of 10. So there's a pro tip for some safety. You don't want a clicker eating your face off at night time. Yeah, that's very good. You should do that. that. Very good. Okay. Thank you, everybody. Bye-bye now. Bye.